1: 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends
0: in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. World leaders arrive in New York for the 78th session of the U.N. General Assembly.
2: East 47th Street and 2nd Avenue. We're about a block away from the U.N. headquarters. And today we are told that President Joe Biden is scheduled to speak. And the meetings are expected to wrap up by the end of the week.
3: Five Americans who were wrongfully detained in Iran are now free and on their journey back to Washington, D.C. There,
4: they will be reunited with family members. So what's in this trade for Iran? As Skyler Henry reports, this release thawed $6 billion in frozen funds.
2: Five Americans who have been held as prisoners in Iran for years are now on their
5: way
6: home. These Americans have been suffering a terrible ordeal. I think you all know that. They were held in the Avon prison under ghastly conditions, uh, and that we have been working very, very hard to bring them home to their families uh, just as soon as possible.
2: $6 billion in frozen Iranian oil funds were transferred from South Korea to Switzerland and then into a bank account in Qatar.
4: At this hour, police are still searching for a suspect in connection to the death of Nicholas Domenici. Children's drawings and babies' blankets are all that's left inside Divino Nino Daycare. This is where four babies were exposed to fentanyl. One-year-old Nicholas Domenici
3: died, and three other babies were hospitalized.
7: That little piece, that little coin, about the si- less than the size of a fingernail, a tenth of a size of a fingernail, can kill an adult. So
2: imagine what it could do to a child. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills, who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's fault, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago, when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency. And it's every bit as true right now. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they'd cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build, they lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world, but our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in this country.
8: Well, that was nice. Tucker Carlson found that piece on Donald Trump's social media, Truth Social. But right now, everything takes a back seat. Joe Biden about to speak this morning about eleven o'clock at the UN Assembly. He's been in town for two days. Had a nice dinner in the village two nights ago. Did not go to the gathering yesterday, but he going to speak today. That takes a back seat. This prisoner swap. Five Americans for five Iranians and $6 billion that Iran will now be able to grab and, of course, put towards every terrorist group in the world in their efforts to destroy the West and destroy Israel. Nice job, Joe Biden. As the Democrats, whether it's Barack Obama with Bo Bergdahl or Biden with his deals, continue to make worse trades than the Mets before 1986, so you got that out there. That takes a back seat. Um, everything takes a back seat. Talking about the back seat, somewhere in Gene's cab is my cell phone. Now I know my guy Gene who drops me off half the week. It's Gene and it's Levi. I know Gene listens every morning. Uh, I put an app to Gene about uh, 20 minutes ago during Noam show, and I've heard nothing back. Gene dropped me off here about an hour ago, and for the better part of an hour, usually I'm uh, looking at websites on my phone, getting the sports news from last night, political news. Uh, Very rarely do I get messages before 6 o'clock in the morning, if ever. But if I do, I'll answer those. Maybe, Danielle, I have not had my phone now for over an hour, and I don't understand. It's dark out, and I've called the phone from Justin's phone and Lou's phone about a 1,000 times, and I know the thing lights up. So I don't understand how Gene is driving around the Upper West Side and doesn't see this light in the back seat continuing every couple of seconds. But for an hour now, we've been trying to contact Gene, and we can't get him. So I know he listens every morning. Gene, if you're listening right now, one eight hundred eight four eight 848 wabc one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 9222 Call Lou, call Justin, call Nome. Tell us you've got the phone, and make your way back towards the Upper East Side. Excuse me, towards Midtown, and drop the thing off. We're at Code Red right now. Code Red. Whoa, we are. I usually can't in. go ten minutes <laughs> without my cell phone. Now we're on about sixty minutes. This is uh, medication. Well, there's a lot of level. important messages. Uh, you know, I, I was supposed to text Mike Lawler this morning. Get him on the show. You know what's ironic is that Curtis Sleva has been in Gene's cab like three or four times. Three or four times over the last couple of months, strictly by coincidence. So I thought maybe Curtis had Gene's number, but he doesn't. So I, I have Gene's number, but it's in my phone, which hopefully is still in the back seat, and some vagrant, some loser lowlife on the Upper West Side didn't jump in the cab and actually steal the phone. Either way, it looks like I'm making a visit to the Team Hobo store coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. But to go five hours without the phone, it would be like Charlie Sheen not being able to do um, drugs, you know. Okay. Well, or Robert Downey Jr., one of those guys. Yeah. What a disaster,
5: huh? <laughs> no? As soon as you walked in and you didn't have
8: it. Well, I walked uh, in and I, I saw you. I was here for about two minutes and I went to show you a text yes. that I received. Yes, I go, wait till you see this. And then uh, the crashing realization occurred that I couldn't show you the text because the phone was in the back seat and Gene had already left. And I don't have his number anyplace else but inside the phone. So. <laughs> Pete
5: Morgan just texted me something I probably can't repeat.
8: What did he say? <laughs> he said... Listen, I got a lot going on. Okay, I, my daughter's <laughs> going to college tonight. It has been the the um, it's been a very very emotional couple of days at home. He was going back to Europe. There's all I mean. I got more stuff going on than anybody could imagine. The the fact that I come in here every morning and do an unbelievable show, far and away the best show in this city, and I got to deal with such nonsense. Such nonsense from so many people, including here once in a while. Including here. And then you get, you know, my daughter's going to college. That's a big deal. She's leaving today. She's been home for four months. I won't see her for four or five months. The holidays are still here. I'm going back to see my mother this weekend. Not going to work two days next week. That means another trip to the cemetery to see my father. There's just a lot going on. So, you know, I... Left the cab and took my briefcase and left the phone. That's even remarkable that you didn't
5: have the phone on you when you left well, the, the cab. Well the problem
8: is is the phone is black. The screen is black. It's dark out when I got out of the car at four fifty one this morning. The back seat is black. Not like it's a you know a tan interior. So you can't see the phone. And if I wasn't thinking about the phone that second, I just grabbed my my bag and left. But he listens every day, and this is going to be the one day he doesn't. You know that's going to happen, (laughs) because I've heard nothing from him. I've given out the number. On Gnome's show, I said, hey, Gene, the phone's in your cab. I've started this show by saying that, and we've heard nothing from Gene. So hopefully he's listening, and he's on his way back. He's just not going to contact us, hopefully. Hmm. Well.
5: (laughs) I mean. (laughs) This one is uh, all hands alert right now.
8: Yeah. But. You know, for a second, for like one second, at 5.59 this morning, as I was ready to start this show, I felt this unbelievable sense of freedom, of serenity, almost tranquility, that the phone was gone. Because I have to be honest, nine times out of ten, when I get a message on my phone, it's one I really don't want. You know, and I'm on that stupid phone all day, every day, all day, every day, and it just gets way too much. My cell phone is like a second job. So at 5.59, I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's not going to be so bad. I mean, I had Justin text Danielle. She does want to talk to me anyway, but just in case. And there's really nobody else that I have to talk to, nobody. I mean, I felt badly for our Instagram folks that check in every morning, whether it's Olga or Pat or Lynn or a host of others. But uh, this is where we're at. So, and uh, neither one of you guys will call that sympathetic. You've been sitting there with a smile the whole time. Well, Stop uh, reading Pete Morgan's messages.
5: I can't. I'm getting texts, but I am trying to call. Well, your who phone. else is
8: texting you besides Pete? That's it. Well, that's it yeah. so far. But I'm
5: I'm trying. I'm.
8: I'm not getting much from Noam either. He's also sitting there like, ha, 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 I'm glad it's your phone, not mine. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> well, the one thing we know is this won't happen again. It won't? Right, because I don't think you're going
8: to... No, no, it'll <laughs> never happen again. No. How long can you go without your phone before you start to well, You're not like me. You're probably okay.
5: No, I'm, I, I, I don't like to lose you don't like important to lose, right. things like that. I, yeah. don't,
8: I don't do well yeah.
5: in that thing. But... So
8: how long can you go before you start to wig like I am right now?
5: It doesn't take long.
8: Does not take long at all?
5: No. Okay, I li- so. I, I like to know where my important things are. Of course. Wallet items, keys. Right. If I'm walking out the door and I can't find that, you don't have much time, too. You gotta get to work. Right. I, where the heck are the car keys? Where the heck is the phone? Sure. Where's my ID to yeah. get in? Yeah. Why are my glasses not in my bag? You
8: wear glasses?
5: Yes, I I, I I've never seen you
8: once wear a, wear a pair of glasses. I, I, uh,
5: you saw me when I was driving, didn't I? Have oh, maybe on? when you were driving. Yeah. I don't remember. Then you were on your phone, no. so you couldn't see I was
8: see on me. the phone, you're right. <laughs> no, what about you? How long can you go
9: before? Yeah, no, I get panicked if it's not near me for yeah. you know, a very short period of time if I can't find it.
8: Well, as I told you guys, uh, all three of you, when I'm talking and you're not coming on, which is not this segment, clearly you're all, you're all involved. But when I'm talking and you're not coming on, you gotta keep dialing that phone. Hopefully somebody in the back seat's gonna pick it up and go, hey, who's this? Oh! You're on Sid's phone. Please give the phone to Gene so he can drive it back to Sid's
9: studios in Midtown. So just keep calling. I Would think you th- get, need to give out the number again, just in case he is listening, because maybe just tuned in now. One 848
8: WABC. That's one 9222 Gene, if you're listening, that light you keep saying in the back seat of the car is my phone. So uh, please come and uh, drop it off before I go to T Mobile at ten o'clock. Shut it off and buy a new one. Which is a well, I need a new phone anyway. I mean, my phone is horrible. I've had it for, like, three-plus years. It's all beat up, and a guy like me, a big success like me, should have a fancy phone, and I don't. I have, like, the iPhone 3. (laughs) It's all beat up, and so this will give me an excuse to go buy a new phone, but.
9: Well, the lines are full. I'm no. not sure if any of these people are Gene. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off for a second and see if any of these people. No, I, I doubt they are. But I doubt they are.
8: Yeah, too. they're all annoying hold on people a who just want to make fun of me. And I maybe I'm just not in the mood for that right okay, now. Hold on, let me see who they are. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Although I do uh I do want to get known quickly before you grab these phone calls and talk to these people. I do want to get uh, the latest on this swap. I know lots of folks are very very upset that we gave Iran six billion dollars. Uh-oh, oh, it looks like uh, Lewis is getting a phone call here. Oh, wait. I just heard uh, Lewis say, hey, Gene. So there may be some hope here. Hey, Gene. Hey, Gene. Oh, he is talking wait. to Gene right oh, now. Oh, my God. Sweet news. Lou news. Let's see. I don't see a smile yet or a thumbs up. Gene must be listening. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, that's good. I heard okay. We still have no idea whether or not he has spotted the phone yet. He may be driving. He's got to pull over. But there is a conversation going on right now between Lewis and Gene. I I heard him say he's coming Oh, yeah, that's Gene, all right. He's talking to Gene. This this sounds like we've got some hope here.
9: Okay. (laughs) He's going to call Lou when he gets to uh, our station.
0: That's what I heard. Is that what you heard? Yeah.
8: You were able to make that out? I was. Hey, Lou, can you ask Gene if he's heard all this by listening to the show right now? (laughs) Lou, can you just ask Gene... If he, uh, if he's actually listening right now, and this is how he's been able to, well, he found out what's going on. Let's go to Justin Ellick, our reporter on the streets. Justin, um, that is Gene, right?
6: Yeah, everything's fine, but he can't listen to you and listen to Gene at the same time. So.
8: Right. So did Gene hear all this on the show? And. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Yeah, this is a very long conversation between Lou and Gene. Well, Gene's a very handsome man. He's writing so. down a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, hey, what is going on? Over there? Yeah. Uh, what are you guys having dinner tonight?
6: <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're get actually, the damn phone. They're actually
8: facetiming. Drive by, you know, they drive me off every morning.
10: Drop the damn phone off. Okay,
6: okay. <laughs> they're working on it. I yeah. see. Do you want to get the
8: phone or I do you want to, you know? Well, I'm just I'm, I'm shocked by the amount of. Uh, they're the, still going. The, the, the call time. <laughs> you know? we're, we're trying to map it all out. <laughs> yeah.
6: All right, uh, we're, let's we're, getting, get we're getting a backup still number. Still talking. <laughs> we go. Getting... Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me hold it up to my ear. Now
8: he's looking at the phone. Now they're like Facetiming each other. Oh my God. What, what is going on I don't here? Know.
6: No, they've been. Now they're, they're laughing. Been... Yeah. Oh, I
8: see Gene's face. I actually see Gene's face. Hey,
6: they've been Facetiming this whole time. They are literally Facetiming right now. Him. This is like. So Why? What, Gene needs to get in the car and drive. He here. is driving. He's no, he's not. I think he's standing outside. Well, the best was me picking up all the phone lines, asking who was Gene, who was Gene, who was Gene, Gene, and then everybody being like, "Sit tomorrow moron, Sit the moron, Sit the yeah. <laughs> yeah.
8: So that was really
6: great. <laughs> well
8: I can, I can promise you this it's a long day of radio here at WADC. Yeah. That'll be the best twenty minutes of radio you yeah. get all day. I can promise you that. <laughs> Lewis had that uh, phone call go. Give <laughs> us uh, the latest.
11: Oh, it was great. I was listening to four people at one. <laughs> I, but it's not
5: gone smooth. Well what happened? He's, that- he's somebody in the back holding your phone. He's FaceTiming me. Justin comes in. Like, is that it? Yes, that's him. You're talking to me. Hey, look, can you tell Gene this? And Gene is like, I think I've got it. Like, now I'm gonna drive on the West Side Highway. I'm gonna make a U-turn. I'm gonna Okay, okay, I got your number. He gave me the number six times. Six times. I think I've got it. But he's,
8: he's got the phone.
5: He's coming back. So and he has
8: the phone. Yeah, When's he gonna I, be here? All right. When's I, he gonna be I, here I, exactly? I, I, I,
5: I really don't know. You want
8: to FaceTime? <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Thank Cause, you. Because oh we have to deal with him while he doesn't know. No no, 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 no. Now I'm fine. Oh, now okay, I'm no, fine.
5: It's all good. He's Nicely so, done, Lou good and good. Justin <laughs>
8: and Noam. You guys are problem solvers. Oh if the Christ. mayor, <laughs> if, if the no, mayor Eric Adams had half of your problem solving <laughs> ability, we'd have no issues with the illegals. Oh None. my
5: God! And imagine if it was him trying to find your phone. See, it would be in the East River. Are you kidding? Well, I we need need help finding Sid's phone right now. And I am I have taken on as much responsibility as I can. Now it's up to you to
8: find Sid's phone. That's the way we go, you're right. Oh. I'm sorry Noam too we cut you off. Just give us uh did you wrap up the Iranian Iranian I should say six billion dollar prisoner swap. Is that over?
9: Essentially, it's over. The money's going to be released. Those guys are going to be on their way back home to Washington, D.C. One of the families local from White Plains, the kid graduated from White Plains High School. He was in uh, Iran the longest, behind bars for eight years for allegedly spying. Uh, He's coming home as well. So for those prisoners, of course, a huge day for their families, gigantic. But Republicans say that we gave away too much for these prisoners to come back home.
8: I mean, don't we always say we don't negotiate with terrorists? You remember when, uh, for example, in uh, Iraq, they had um, my friend Stephen Sotloff, and eventually Jihadi John cut his head off. You know, his mother, Shirley, I talk to almost every day. She's down in Miami. Stephen was a big Miami Heat fan and terrific young Jewish kid. And uh, they took him, they took him, they, they, you know, the Iraqis. And uh, Shirley Sotloff spoke to Obama and his administration a thousand times, and they wanted ransom money. And her and her husband said, we'll give it to him. We want our Stephen back. And Obama said, no, we will not negotiate with terrorists. We'll figure it out. And then eventually, much like the uh, the first guy, she got a video of Jihadi John cutting her son's head off. Yeah, awful. And I still talk to her, mind you, almost every day, Shirley Sotloff. So... Why is it uh, in that situation, nice American Jewish kid who suffered a horrendous death, why was that okay? But to give Iran, the biggest terrorist country in the world, $6 billion, why is that okay this time around?
9: It's a great question. It's the same question we asked when we traded Brittany Griner for that Russian. Right, So. How do they make those decisions? You know, I don't know. I don't know who makes those decisions. You remember, too. I
8: mean, again, Joe Biden was part of the Obama administration. He was his vice president. They made that Bo Burdahl deal for a bunch of terrorists and and al-Qaeda members and actually Taliban guys. And at least one of those guys has already been involved in more terrorist activities. And Burdahl turned out to be a traitor and a retreater. And he ended up getting about seven Americans killed when he actually left the camp. That was one of the worst deals ever. I mean, these guys, Obama, Biden, these Democrats, but specifically the last two administrations, not to make a joke out of it, but these are these are worse deals than Nolan Ryan for Jim Figozzi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious. God, why do we allow these people to do these things? I'm happy for the five people coming home, but which one is it? Do we do business with terrorists or do we not?
9: Well, the issue, of of course, with these families is if you can get into the face of the president, right, if you can get time with them, you can get time with White House officials, you can convince them. And maybe sometimes if you have the money to do so as well, so much is involved in whether you get your person home, right? We have people in prisons all over the world who are still sitting there waiting for their day to come home. Why were these people freed? I'm guessing that the, the families were, were good at getting in the face of the White House and figuring out a way to convince them that these people mm-hmm. were worth it. I
8: just think Iran wanted the money.
9: Bottom line is you give us
8: the money. We don't care about these people. In fact, Jack Keane, who may in fact join us this morning in the nine o'clock hour, talked about that, about this is basically about the money. And you know, Iran will do no good with the money. One cut here, Lewis. This is Jack Keane, courtesy
12: of Fox, cut number six. I think we figured out what we should be doing here in terms of hostages. And that is do a swap for sure, but don't do any money. Why? Because the money winds up in the hands of the malice regime leaders, and it's going to fuel what they're trying to achieve, dominate and control the Middle East. So there you have it. Again,
8: if it was five Americans for five Iranians, that's one thing. But when you throw $6 billion into the pot... For a country that is basically a terrorist organization at this point, clearly this is an awful deal. Awful deal. All right. lot to do today. lot to cover. lot of big guests stopping by. We will kick it off. Coming up in about 35 minutes, 7.05, as we do every weekday morning with the great Curtis Sliwa. He's on his way in. He's not here as we speak. Gordon Chang. There is news, of course, between Ukraine, Russia, China, all of it. Gordon Chang coming up at seven forty. Our very own Judge Janine Piero. She'll be here at 8.40 this morning. Hopefully, Jack Jacobs, excuse me, Jack Keane in the 9 o'clock hour. And out of Rockland County, Mike Lawler as well. It's a big show. Big Tuesday morning show. With me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
8: my windows here on 3rd Avenue for the second consecutive day, it's a mess. Big tent <laughs> set up across the street. If you don't know, that would be uh, 49th and 3rd. And the building on that street happens to be Chuck Schumer's office. So if you want to run around today and take your pants off and flash your ass at his building, I'm all for it. He actually does these stupid press conferences right outside the building on 3rd Avenue every now and then. But there's a tent set up. And I love You know, I love cops. I love all these people out there. I'm not here to make fun of them. But for this week, they may as well just come to work with a gun and a mask. You got guys standing out there for hours, just standing there having coffee. Hey, did you hear Saquon Barkley really sprained his ankle? Hey you believe the Jet coach really said Zach Wilson played well? Hey, how about that trade we made with Iran, worse than the Mets? I mean, this is the conversations going on, and they're making all kinds of money because this idiot, Joe Biden, is going to speak today. But just so you know, it's not just today. There's five days of this. Biden's going to be gone, and there's still going to be tents set up, police all over the city for these other leaders. For example, I think Biden today is going to have sideline meetings with my friend Bibi Netanyahu and the president of Brazil. In fact, uh, let's go to Noam Leighton once again. Noam, give us a rundown of what Biden's day looks like and what they expect him to talk about uh, his 11 a.m.
9: speech at the U.N. Assembly. Well, what's interesting about this uh, U.N. General Assembly is you have uh, four of the five countries that hold permanent seats on the U.N. Security Council. They're not going to be there. So the France, uh, France, United Kingdom, China, Russia, all going to be absent today. Isn't that
8: unbelievable, especially China and Russia? I mean, every world leader you would think would bring up Ukraine, Russia. I know for a fact Joe Biden is going to talk about Ukraine, Russia. That's a fact And neither Russia or China, who gains to stand the most by that war, neither one of them... Are going
9: to be here. Well, Russia, no doubt, knows they'll be slapped around by the UN during these five days for their war in Ukraine. So that might be some of the reason why they're why they're not here. But it was what it does do. Sit is it gives the president a chance to reach out to some of these smaller countries that have alignments with China and Russia, and he will do that over the coming uh, day or so while he's here. This morning he's going to give the grand speech. Every president's uh, able to do at the UN General Assembly. That's at I think 10:30 uh, this morning. He'll talk about the war in Ukraine, about um, uh, food, not enough food around the world. You know, some of the basic topics they cover when they do these U.N. speeches. Uh, but it's all about what happens on the sidelines. One of the big stories is he'll meet with Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. But there is controversy over this meeting. Bibi Netanyahu winning re-election in Israel last fall. This is the first time the two have met since he's won re-election. But he's not invited him back to the White. House, he's only going to meet him here in New York, Hmm. not at the White House. But he has invited the Ukrainian president Zelensky to come back to the White House. Of course, he has. I mean, Zelensky's paid his family
8: so much. Well, not Zelensky necessarily, but that country has paid his family so much money. And going back to when Joe Biden was vice president, that awful Obama administration, Mm -hmm. the relationship with Bibi to say was strained would be an understatement. In fact, Bibi couldn't stand those guys. Then Donald Trump comes along. He's got the best relationship and does the most for Israel of any president ever. And then Biden comes back, and Bibi's like, oh, God, not this guy again. So they can put on any dog and pony show they want today. But what you just said tells us a lot, which is Bibi does not like this administration dating back to Obama and the creep running the country right now.
9: Yeah, and so some of the issue is there's a big fight, very complicated one, but over judicial reform in Israel right now, about half the country battling with Bibi Netanyahu saying he can't touch the Supreme Court. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu saying the Supreme Court has way too much power and that some of those powers should be taken away. There's been mass protests in the streets of Israel every single Friday. and uh, On Shabbos? Yeah, I had, I had, oh well, God. yeah, yeah. John. must
8: be in the daytime, I guess.
9: Well, no, in places like Tel Aviv, it's very secular, so no problem to hold those protests Saturday you know, night as well. A lot well. of
8: Christians there. Your father lives there, right? Uh, in Haifa, actually. Oh, he's in Haifa, the yeah. port
9: town Haifa. You yeah. Know. So, uh... So that relationship is complicated that the sense is Biden probably sides with those protesters, not with the prime minister. And so maybe that's some of the reason he hasn't invited him back to the White House, which, of course, is a big deal for any prime minister or president from around the world to be invited to the White House. That plays very well back in your home country. And Netanyahu has not been invited, apparently, to the White House to meet with him. And, uh, of course, that's a big story in the press in Israel today.
8: Well, the Golden State Warriors head coach, Steve Kerr, was invited to the White House, and he said no. Right. Because <laughs> he hated Donald Trump. I mean, yeah. A lot of these sports guys say no, so clearly not such a big honor as we think it is. Uh, Given the opportunity,
9: they just say no. Yeah, for these visiting leaders, though, it is a big deal it's to a go big to the White deal. House. Yeah. Yeah. No ways no right. about it. Yeah.
8: All right. Well, that's a great job, Norm. We'll go back to all morning long, all these big stories, and that's why Norm Leighton gets huge ratings 5 to 6 every morning because, A, he's very smart, B, he's very entertaining, and C, he's on top of all the news. Thank you, Noam. Joe Nolan has traffic coming up next, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from Cats and Cosby, Here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby talking with this psycho, Ambassador John Bolton.
3: What is your reaction to this Iran deal?
13: Well, first, uh, let me give my condolences to the people of the city of New York for this week that uh, has already begun (laughs) begun to unfold. when you. you. On
11: your own streets (laughs) and
13: and, uh, foreign potentates take over the uh, entire city. This deal. With Iran is a disgrace. And uh, obviously, everybody is glad these people who have been released, the American citizens, they were unjustly detained by Iran. There's still plenty of others who are unjustly detained by Iran and other countries around the world. But, you know, the responsibility of a president is to keep all Americans safe. This is Sid
1: on Sports. Oh my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC.
6: Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best boat boilers. Week 2 of the NFL season wrapping up last night with the doubleheader of Monday Night Football. First off, we had the New Orleans Saints marching into Carolina to beat the Panthers by a score of 20-17 to before the Cleveland Browns lost 26-22 to in Pittsburgh to the Steelers. But the big loss here, running back Nick Chubb. Uh, out with a significant knee injury is what they're calling it. But uh, to be blunt here, his knee, it, it pretty much just split in half. The four-time Pro Bowler's sixth NFL season ended two plays into the second quarter after his knee bent awkwardly, to say the least. When he was hit low by Steelers safety Minka Fitzpatrick, he went to the hospital as a precaution before returning to Cleveland. Head coach Kevin Stefanski has already confirmed Chubb will miss the rest of the season. Prayers up for running back Nick Chubb. Looking ahead to early line for this weekend's local matchups in the NFL. Remember, the Giants are on a short week, so they're right back in action on Thursday night in San Francisco against the 49ers. The G-men are currently 10.5 point underdogs there. As for the Jets, right now they're 2.5 Point Dogs Sunday afternoon at home against the New England Patriots. On the diamond the Yankees off last night and the Mets they squeaked out a 2-1 victory on the road in Miami against the Marlins. Jeff McNeil with a big tie breaking homer leading off the ninth inning to secure the win for the Orange and Blue in that series opener. They'll get after it in game 2 with Miami tonight 6.40 p.m. first pitch. Joey Lucchesi set to take the hill. As for the Yankees they'll open a series at home with the Blue Jays tonight having Clark Schmidt with the start in tonight's 7.05 p.m. first pitch series opener. Sports sponsored by Peter Morgan and Peerless Boilers, go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you, the world's best built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
1: Talk radio 77 WABC.
11: You're my best friend.
0: Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends.
1: 77 WABC.
8: Bob Brown's story. Let me get uh, Noam Laden back again. A lot of guests stopping by today. Curtis Lewa, Gordon Chang, Janine Piero, maybe Jack Keen, maybe Mike Lawler as well. So a lot to do. This is a great song. Great song. Is this Echo and the Men? No, That's no. It. it is? Yep. What is the name of this song again? Killing the, Time? The Killing Moon. The Killing Moon. We'll Before I go to New Noam, give me a couple more seconds of it. Echo and the Bunnyman. Come on my man gene is still not here yet i'm not sure where the hell he went when he go to connecticut my god hey gene sometime today brother please it's 6.51. I mean,
5: he's on an IV right now, Gene. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. is, like, not funny he yet. got the
8: phone since uh, five oh. Actually, it was I got out of the car at 5.01 a.m., so almost two hours. Let's build on what Bob Brown was just talking about, that daycare center in the Bronx that was, as O'Reilly pointed out correctly, just a front for uh, drug dealers and the specific drug they had, the most deadly of all, fentanyl. One child dead just one year. And uh, three other kids in the hospital. I believe there have been a couple of arrests. Noam, what's the latest with that?
9: The owner of Divino Nino Daycare, which is in Kingsbridge, the woman who owned it, she is arrested. Her brother-in-law has been arrested, but her husband, he fled the scene when cops and paramedics arrived at the daycare center on Friday to try and save that one-year-old and the three other kids. And in fact, there's video of him running from the scene. They don't know where he is. Um, The mom, the woman who owned the daycare center, she claims, through her lawyer anyway, that she did not know that there was a pill mill inside the daycare center. She had no idea. What
8: do you think? I know we went through this with uh, Rex Eurman's wife, right? How did she not know we had 300 guns downstairs and he probably killed and raped a couple of women downstairs? And as it turns out, there's a very good chance she really didn't know. What do
9: you think about this lady? Neighbors will turn her in if they think that she knew because clearly people were showing up. To either her apartment or the daycare center to pick up drugs they had two press devices where they were making pills uh, in the daycare center I think there was a press device found in their apartment as well in her brother-in-law's room so is it possible she didn't know of course it is it was a small daycare about eight or ten kids Uh, it was on Friday Sid where the kids uh, had a snack and put their mats out to go to sleep as they do in daycare centers all over the world and then when it went time to wake them up. She wasn't able to wake up that one year old. Three others had a hard time waking up. That's when she panicked, raced out of the daycare center, called for help, called 911. They all raced in. It was too late for this one year old. Uh, he'd actually died at the scene. The three others, thank God, they're going to be okay. But did she know? We, we don't know yet. This is the
8: byproduct of the open border. We've been over this a million, a million times. A million. And that's why when the mayor, Eric Adams, is completely okay with these illegals, unvetted illegals, coming to town by the thousands for months. Now, of course, he's angry, he's upset, he's frustrated, I can't handle it. But I have to do this every day. Not because I dislike Eric, because I don't. Actually, down deep, I kind of like him. But he is a horrendous mayor, and he's full of shizzle. He's lied about this thing, uh, just like Governor Hochul and just like Well, the president doesn't even lie. He just doesn't care. He doesn't even care. But when the border is open and these people come running in, it ain't about how much room, Eric, is left at the hotel. It ain't about what's the next place to put them. It's about the possibility, if not probability, that drugs like this come into our country and kill our children. So be careful the next time... You refer to yourself as the Biden of Brooklyn because Biden is the guy that goes to sleep every night and sleeps very, very well after his cookies and milk, knowing full well that these drugs get into our country almost every day. If you want to be that guy, good luck to you. Eric Adams did speak yesterday, very emotional, always says all the right things when the camera is on. This is the Mayor Lewis, cut number 10. What are we doing? What are we doing?
7: What are we doing as a society to our children? Good question. This was probably one of the worst days I've had of going up to What what was that? Roasting? Sitting down with those parents, losing their babies like this. They dropped the babies off to a daycare center, hoping that their children would be protected by the caregivers. And then speaking with the father yesterday, like, what do you say? What do you say?
8: Oh, the border? I don't know. I don't know.
7: This is just total madness. No,
8: you're telling us.
7: That we lost a child. Right. To this dangerous substance.
8: We've lost a lot more than one child, Derek. Wake the F up. A lot more. I don't know how the actual number is in front of me, but your guy, Biden of Brooklyn, your guy, Biden, allows this to happen every day. Every day. He goes on, if you're a parent, you should be angry. He is a parent. And he does love his child, Eric. I know that for a fact. So this is uh, the mayor, cut number 11.
7: We're not going to allow this incident to take place and ignore this as a, just another day and another tragedy in the city. It's not acceptable. It's just about everyone up here. We're all parents. We're all parents. And you cannot be a parent. And not be angry at what happened to those four babies.
8: That's fair. He goes on. He loves to use the words national and federal. He talked about how this is a national assault. Mayor Eric Adams on what really is a horrible tragedy. Cut number 12.
7: There needs to be a full national assault on this drug entering our city. This is a new drug. This is not... Biden. A new type of battle, and people need to understand this. This is not the marijuana on your tabletop. This is a dangerous drug that a small amount like this can kill an adult.
8: So the New York Police Department Commissioner, Eddie Caban, who's been a guest on this show relatively recently, I like Eddie. He spoke about this, too. We talked about the arrests and... He talked about how tough the NYPD is going to be when it comes to this. It's good to hear. This is uh, Commissioner Caban-Lewis, cut number 17.
7: Along with our partners, the Bronx DA's office, the Southern District, the New York Division of the DA, and others, we are one step closer to getting justice for the baby so tragically and senselessly killed on Friday in the 5-2 precinct. And as we know, a few other babies were hurt in the same incident. And now, two arrests have been made. Charges will be filed, and people will be held accountable.
8: One more from the New York Police Department Commissioner, Eddie Caban. Let this be a warning. If you're out there right now dealing this type of stuff, we are coming after you. And when we get you, oh, you're going to pay. This is Eddie Caban, cut number 18.
7: The dangers of fentanyl cannot be overstated. This poison is extremely deadly. And if you traffic in it, you will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law.
8: By the way, thank you, Eddie. What a scene outside right now, once again, overlooking the windows here on 3rd Avenue. On about 49th and 3rd, police cars lining up, motorcycle cops lining up. The president set to speak in about three and a half hours. You may remember last year, maybe it was two years ago, Joe Biden came right by this window. Bernard, my late great partner, actually saw him. He had the window down, which you never do in New York City. But they are lining up here on 3rd Avenue. Joe Biden set to speak coming up in about three and a half hours. That wraps up a great hour number one. Good news is three more hours to come, including four or five great guests. Keep it right here, folks. Sid Rosenberg on a Tuesday on 77 WABC.
1: Talk Radio 77 W.A.B.C. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 W.A.B.C.
11: Of Kane,
8: Band of Gold for uh, Curtis as we start hour number two on this Tuesday morning. If you have not been listening, if you've been trying to text me for some reason this morning, and I'm not getting back to you, it's because I left my phone in Gene. Gene is uh, one of my drivers. I've got two, Gene and Levi. Gene, I left my phone in Gene's back seat of his cab over two hours ago, and it took me about an hour to finally get to Gene. And about 40 minutes ago, he said he was driving the phone back to the studios, but he's not here yet. So if you tried to text me this morning, I'm not ignoring you. I don't have a phone. And it has been
10: both frustrating and a sense of freedom. Oh, wait a second. Hold on a second. First off, I take issue with wrong Way Lou Ruffino playing uh, a superstar hit one summer in the 70s, Frieda Payne, Band of Gold. What are you trying to say that I've had many bands of gold in my lifetime, <laughs> huh? Is that, is that the commentary yes, you're making, it's the, Lou? Uh,
8: it's the five or six payments you're forced to oh make my every God. month.
10: Yes, that's true. I didn't you even see, think about any, it like that. Is there any gent he has to stick the shiv in me and turn it? <laughs> Wrong way, Lou Ruffino does exactly that.
8: I didn't even think about that, but oh you didn't. But I may
10: have been. You're right. Of course, that is
8: the voice of all the songs you could have picked <laughs> of the great Curtis Sleewa Gets big ratings
10: noon to one. I 20. don't think Frida Payne has ever been played here at wabc See, no that's the not, first with time Rucci, ever. not with cousin brucey not with tony orlando with yeah. dawn <laughs> nobody vinnie maduno player once or twice oh okay yeah. right.
8: and curtis is uh, noon to one weekday afternoons overnights all weekend long does his best work right here with me about this time 7 10
10: a.m every weekday morning oh and i was taking you through cold turkey you should have seen sid walking through the hallways without his cell phone instead Said you should be saying, free at last, free at last. <laughs> Thank Hashem that I'm free at last. I did say that at about the. I know five you fifty- said eight. it, but but I see you, you got the shakes. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. That's said, that, you're uh, looking at your hand like you're so used to having listen, that cell phone in your hand.
8: I'm sober a long time. Are you listening? I'm sober a long time, but my cell phone is my drug of choice. Oh, Not my only my
10: see Not only you. No, the whole Most world. of America. The whole world. Even third world countries, right? They're yeah. coming across the border. <laughs> andale, they andale, andale. They're poor. They're impoverished. Oh, give me your tired, you're wretched, <laughs> you're poor. Meantime, they got two cell phones. iPhone, smartphone. Where the hell did you get these cell phones and iPhones from? Hey, you know, you got to hustle. They all say you got you to have a side hustle. When I was in port of prince after the earthquake... I'm in tent city everywhere, right, in Haiti. They all had cell phones. They all got them. I know I see homeless people
8: now on the street literally living in their own feces and pee-pee, but somehow they've got a
10: phone. Oh, yeah, well, they got the charging station, (laughs) courtesy of Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, that dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly destroyed the city that we love. And, oh, my God, if you're the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams... And you look at that Siena College poll today on every issue, quality of life issue getting worse, cost of living worse, crime worse, migrant crisis worse, liberals, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives. There's no positive results for him at any level. And yet last week he was beating
8: his chest. Trying to explain to everybody what a great job he was doing. We're back. We're back. Right. Yeah, where where are you back from? That's when I played that great Lewis Black piece yesterday, the fine comedian who said, are you nuts? If you really believe you're doing a good job here, you're out of your effing mind. But Eric Adams really does believe that because while he's not a bad person, he's sick. There's something wrong with him. He talks to God. He's doing a great job. I mean, look, I just played a couple of cuts from the mayor about this uh, fentanyl death, you know. And he showed a motion. Fantastic. Who doesn't do that? Bill would have done the same thing. But the truth
10: is, what is he doing? No, no plan. Absolutely. No. plan. again, blame the federal government without naming and shaming Joe Biden for keeping the borders open. You know, just say this fentanyl came across our southern border because you, Joe Biden, won't close the border. Very simple. He can't get, it's like, uh, uh, uh. (laughs) we need a national program. What are you talking about, a national program? You shut the border, that'll help stem a lot of the flow of fentanyl because a lot of the illegal aliens that you are welcoming here with our tax dollars giving them everything that citizens don't get, what do you think they're carrying in their backpacks to make a little money on the side? They're what they call mules. Carrying fentanyl, you don't have to carry that much, and you can get a lot for carrying so little. So why does he just say it? And by the way, uh, having dealt with drug houses almost my whole life, you certainly have had your fair share of knowledges about drug houses. Uh,
8: yes, I have been to rehab twice. I've been to a halfway home for 90 days. I don't need anybody lecturing me about drugs. Trust you, me. You Any
10: anybody. snitches. Hey, Eddie Caban, you have so disappointed me. I thought you were going to be a good police commissioner. Now you're just lip-syncing. What? That's it? Lousy police commissioner. Curtis, he's been in the job for less than two months. He can't even get his suit to match Eric Adams'. Oh, no. You need Joseph Aboud to help him and Fetterman. (laughs) Fetterman in Washington, D.C. I'm wearing the hoodie and shorts, and that becomes the dress code of the United States Senate. Could you believe this? Joseph Aboud must be doing backflips. I expect you No matter what, you're
8: doing a decent job or not. But I expect you to turn on just about anybody, anybody that is friendly with, works with, dines with Eric Adams. But I really, really believed that you were going to spare the commissioner, Eddie Caban, and here we are, less than two months in, and you've got him part of the quote-unquote
10: cabal. Uh, And he's looking in the camera. You can't run. You can't. Are you kidding? They were operating a drug mill. With no children in a daycare center for a year. Everybody in the neighborhood knew. Drogas, 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 right? You know they were dropping dime. The problem is the NYPD doesn't have the snitches anymore. You need snitches to be able to let you know where all the drug spots are. I'll bet you, you go to that local precinct, the two Precinct there in Meshula Parkway, I bet you they don't even have a notation of any cops going in there trying to score fentanyl for a year it, it was and by the way they're all illegal aliens in there from the dr dominican republic all of them illegal aliens the 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 wife the guy who's on the lamb the brother the cousins all illegal aliens eric adams why couldn't you and eddie caban say that in your press conference is that also stuck in your throat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, ah, well, there is a story aliens.
8: about uh, illegal aliens uh just last friday I have Mr. Rockland County, Mike Lawler. I like him a lot. Congressman out of Rockland County. He was on the show on Friday. He cursed twice. That's how upset he is over so many situations in this country. But I gave him credit. I said, listen, uh, Ed Day, I guess he's a county supervisor. County Duke executive, Daniel, Ed Day. And a, and a host of others were able to keep the illegals out of Rockland County. And I have been under the impression for months and months that that was the, one of the few places that
10: have been able to do that. And as it turns out, that's not even true. Of course not. Of course not. We are exporting our illegal aliens by all means possible. They stuck. 31 illegal aliens from Ecuador and Guatemala into one house, owned by a family, absentee landlords. That's where they usually do a name, Capel. Uh, And I must tell you that Eric Adams has had it in for Ed Day ever since he went mano-a-mano with him. And he took his stand and said, oh, no, you can call me a racist. You can call me an anti-Semite. I was a cop busting my shoes in the street. When you were a house mouse, Eric, I know who you are. Well, he actually took it a,
8: a step further than that. Ed Day actually threatened the mayor with physical violence. He said, quote, I will strangle you, which is, as far as I know, the only politician so far that has and threatened notice, the mayor uh, with as, physical
10: violence. Has Eric Adams sent any other buses up there? No, because right away Ed Day got a restraining order. Now, interesting, remember I was crowing on Thursday that Yvette Aguilar in the town of Riverhead in Suffolk County stood up against the bully boy mayor who sued the town of Riverhead saying, you must take my illegal aliens. Everybody abandoned her out in Suffolk, one of the most corrupt counties in New York State, according to everyone's conclusion, except for Yvette Aguilar. She goes, I'm the town supervisor. Guess what, Eric? I'm not running again. This is my last time around, and I will die on this sword. Go ahead. Give me your best shot. And you know who folded like a cheap camera? Eric Adams went into court through corporation counsel and said, Well, you know, all that information that Curtis Lee gave you without mentioning my name is true. So we are rescinding our lawsuit. Then yesterday they did it in 17 other counties around the state where Eric Adams is trying to force our illegal aliens that he invited in on them. And now there are only four counties left. Duchess Orange, Onondaga up near Syracuse, and Rockland. And guess what, City Hall, that listens to your show religiously and me on the Rip and Read? You're going to lose those cases, too, because we support everyone in the rest of New York State who is saying no. No to the illegal aliens. Why should we make our problem that we created by Eric Adams inviting them in everybody else's problem? So I stand with Rockland County. I stand with all the other counties, the 31 counties, and saying no to Eric Adams. No to exporting our problem. Deal with our problem by putting them all on buses and shipping them back to W. Excuse me, to Washington D.C. to their Papa Chulo. Joe Biden. But
8: as it turns out, uh, great little rant there. I love that. As it turns out, I think I heard the number over 3,000 illegals are in Rockland County. Can you confirm that? They're slipping in. And by the
10: way... Well, who's sending them there? How are they getting there? Mike Lawner was on this morning. Come on, yelling the city. And screaming. Look, He's furious. This is not the first time. Rudy used to ship out the homeless. Bloomberg shipped out the homeless. Ed Koch, when he was mayor, uh, his Department of Homeless Services would go up to people and say, we're going to send you to the Lincoln Motel over in Newark, and we're going to give you a nice petty cash. We're giving you a one-way ticket to Newark, to Lincoln Motel sharp james at the time went crazy so what are you doing you're sending all your homeless people here this has been the tradition in new york city and you know eric adams didn't like the fact that McWhitey whitey former cop who actually did patrols eric adams stood up to you took a stand didn't fold because you called him a racist or an anti-semite and went to court and got a restraining order you see that's it you got to stand up to bullies and all i stand with all 31 of these counties Eric Adams brought this problem in here. Eric Adams, why isn't he meeting with Joe Biden? Why isn't he going up to the president with a letter in his hand like Ed Koch did years ago when he was running for mayor in a runoff election with Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo? Mario, ascendeme, tu siu provianos facim, and you were. And now Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo is walking in your footsteps. Do you know that when Jimmy Carter landed at the heliport, Right there in Wall Street, all the Democrats were lined up. Abe Bean was the mayor. Mario Cuomo was in the runoff. Ed Koch was in the runoff. And as congressman on congressional stationery, he gave Jimmy Carter a letter. He said, you have forsaken the Jews. You have supported the PLO. You must, you must become a president that Works with our allies in Israel. And then remember, Ed Koch was persona non grata by Jimmy Carter, who had his ambassador to the United Nations, Andrew Young, meeting with the PLO, meeting with Yasser Arafat. That was exposed, and Andrew Young had to go back to Atlanta. Thank God for Ed Koch standing up. For pro-PLO president at the time, Jimmy Carter, standing up for Israel because he had a set of couleons. Eric Adams, uh, uh, the president is here. Go up to him. <laughs> yeah. What? What? The police are going to stop you? You're the mayor. You just, I have, I have a little, uh, not, a not little note. Not just the
8: mayor, he's actually dubbed himself the Biden of Brooklyn. You would think exactly. it would be very, very flat. Yeah, but why
10: doesn't he do that? <laughs> Give him an envelope. Well, Biden,
8: Biden's kind of busy. You know, well, he goes oh, to yeah. bed at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's Bo- got to meet with Bibi Netanyahu, Bo- the Bo- president of Brazil. Special. He's right. got to get that grilled trout, you know, <laughs> with a little yeah. potato and a yeah. little asparagus right on the side. Is, uh, his wife, that animal, Dr.
10: Jill, is serving him oatmeal with a
8: fork. <laughs> so he's a little busy. But no, but you're right. He should meet with them,
10: and that should be the uh, the next. Step I notice I notice you're not shaking anymore. No, all of my a sudden. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at, look at you. You are so, you're like a pig in the trough. Like the hazari in the trough. Oh my God. You should see him. He's all for toots. Before that, there was such surus running through his veins and arteries. He yeah. couldn't focus on anything. Oh no, I'm better off without a phone. Free at last. Thank God. Meantime, you couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Come I mean, on, man. So this much better this right was now. your opportunity. That's like an appendage I to know, you. I know,
8: I know. But it's not gonna it's not gonna change. I can't lie. Come on. There come is on, no Sid. phone rehab. I I can't do what I did twice before and go away for thirty days or go to a halfway house for three months. They don't have that for phones. They should.
10: They should. They we could send it. you to Burning Man, too, right? In the middle of some desert, right? In the Negev, in Israel, where they say it's a yeah. chocolate factory. Yet yeah, we know they have 80 nuclear bombs there on the way to lot. I remember being in the bus. What is that over there? That is, that's a chocolate factory. Looks to me like uh, you could have nuclear weapons there. Mind your own business, American. And next stop, lot on the Red Sea. Akaba there in Egypt. Oh, man. The women of a lot. The EDM electronic oh. dance mus- oh. music right there, the Red Sea, and you can see Saudi Arabia in the distance. Oh, you sound like Sarah Palin. I can see Saudi Arabia from my back. Oh, uh-huh. no, no, actually, it's uh, Kathy Crime Wave, says, I can see Ontario from my kitchen window in Erie County, which she can. And by the way, Erie County wants no more of our illegal aliens. They were welcoming them. The county executive of Democrats said, Eric, give us all that we can handle. And then all of a sudden, back to back, belly to belly, two rapes in two Super 8 motels in Cheetahwaga, not Tanawanda, and the SUNY University in Buffalo, which housed 44, So pack your bags and get the hell out of here. And they said, Eric Adams, you sent people up here that were not vetted, that are criminals. We don't know who who, who you're sending. And now, all of a sudden, that no big contract with DACO, $432 million with a company that never did this business, whose CEO was named. Anthony Al Capone, (laughs) I kid you not, he had to resign in disgrace on Friday because he was the George Santos of nonprofit organizations. Everything about this guy's resume and background was a lie. Wow. $432 million in a no-bid contract. You say contract with Eric Adams and his cronies, I say, where are the kickbacks going? You say contract, I say where are the cake packs? I'm telling you, this guy is going to go to the big house in chains and shackles and not the White House as him and his supporters. Eric, you could be president. You could be president. Bring in more Latinos. Latinos will love you until the ends of time. One day when they're sitting down and they're having their mangu and mafungo and cora rosa vitrullas with chuletas, they will have big pictures on the wall of Jesus Cristo, of the Lady of Guadalupe, of their patron saint, Joe Biden, their Papa Chulo, and, of course, you, Eric Adams, because you said to them... Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy, Eric Adams? And they will vote for Democrats until the end of time. Be strong, Eric. Don't fall. You'll have the black vote. You'll have the Latino vote. You'll be on your way to the White House. Eric Adams, let me give you a dose of sanity. At the rate you're going, you'll be on the way to the the Big House. Following in the steps of the Meyer Lansky, the Hyman Roth, the former Speaker of the Assembly, Sheldon Silver, start getting those bracelets on his hands ready because it's not Tiffany the handcuffs. It is good old-fashioned correctional department of the federal government. We'll see you at Camp Fed at the rate you're going.
1: prioritygoldguide.com
0: This is Sid and friends in the morning 77
1: WABC I've
11: returned.
8: Okay, Gordon's one of those guys, if he's booked for a certain time, he's here 10 minutes earlier. I love that. you got to love that. We will get to Gordon coming up at 7.40, the latest on Ukraine-Russia. Joe Biden's going to speak an awful lot about that at the U.N. Assembly this morning. He's uh, set to speak in about three hours, coming up at 10.30 this morning. That'll be one of the uh, four or five topics that the president gets to. But it was interesting talking to Bill O'Reilly, who uh, was kind enough to he uh, will be on twice this week. He did Monday at 8.40. He's always on Thursday at 8.40, but he was kind enough to stop by yesterday as well. And it's always a big deal because we get huge ratings when Bill is on. And he said, look, the fact is China is watching this very, very closely. Watching it very, very closely, this Ukraine-Russia war. He seems to think it's more about China than the two countries actually involved. And we'll see if Gordon Shang agrees or disagrees with that. So, Gordon uh, is in fact coming up next.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning, entertaining and informative. Ooh, you're
11: my best friend?
1: 77 WABC.
8: Great song, Tears for Fear, 742, gorgeous day, but what a mess here in New York City. Right outside my window here on 3rd Avenue, a lot of cops more this morning than yesterday, and that's because the President of the United States is set to drive by here. What would you estimate, Noam? What do you think Joe Biden actually drives by here? If he's set to speak at 1030 at the U.N., and we're just blocks away, these studios. From the U.N., um, and he did drive right past here last year. He did, but, yeah. Yeah, so what time do you think he'll be he set to speak at 10.30? What are you thinking about, 9-ish, 9.30?
9: Well, no, because all of a sudden you'll see a big buildup on the street. My guess is he's going to come right down the exact same street he did last time. Yeah. So probably in, what is it, it's, uh, almost 8 o'clock, I would say, about 9.30, I bet, we'll start to see the commotion outside, and then you'll see him ride by
8: 49th Street is already closed there are motorcycles there are police cars they are uh, getting and getting ready uh you're right we don't have the volume yet that we'll have probably in about an hour as we draw closer to the president's speech but hey they've been lining up out there since I arrived here at 457 a.m this morning so Chad Lopez is back in town what do you say boss, looking good and rested? Hope you had a great vacation. I know you deserve that. Chad came back and said to me, and I quote, America is alive and well, which is what Joe Biden should say today at the UN, because I think a lot of people listening right now don't believe that that's the case. In fact, they think America is the total opposite, dead and sick, not alive and well. But you saw some of the most beautiful parts of this country. Hop on for two seconds before I go to uh, Gordon Chang. Let's get Chad on for a second. And um, he took a bike and uh, did the whole, I don't know how many states he went to or... Good morning, boys. How are you? Good morning, late?
4: Sid. Good morning. How was that uh, vacation? Uh, it was great. I, you know why I look so great? Because I'm relaxed and I'm happy to report, like I said, America is alive, beautiful, and well. Well, how, it many, is. how many states did you actually uh, go through? So we, re- we started out in New York and we ended up in uh, Tennessee. Wow. Right, on the border of uh, Tennessee and North Carolina. So you probably went through about 6 or 7 yes, states. Yeah. Yeah, the dragon. And I got to see. And you know what? Everyone was, was nice. It they were happy. Yeah. It's a it was lush, it was green. Yeah. It's it's a it's a good way. When you're in New York for this long, sometimes it's good to get out and drive oh, and you start seeing, you know, the The fresh air, everything was great, and the people were kind. And then you start to see why people who leave this state
8: end up in states like North Carolina and Tennessee because they're lush, they're green, they're beautiful. The people are nice. All they care about is country music, barbecue, and and, uh, college football. That's it.
4: They care about America, morals, family, right, religion. Yeah, it it doesn't matter what religion, all religions, right? And uh, and it's it was great to see, and it was nice to. To be a part of that, it was. Uh, I, I it really I see was. It. I mean, it you
8: really look like was. a million bucks. God bless you. Look at you. Came back a different man. I'm yeah. a happy man. Well, good <laughs> for you.
4: You deserve it, man. You're a great,
8: great boss and a great Thank guy. You. And congratulations. Thank, on, you. Thank uh, you. On a great trip. Uh Let's move over here to uh to Gordon. You know, I had the chance to meet Gordon and Lydia Chang at our beautiful gala a couple of weeks ago and uh that was a a heck of a lot of fun of course you can follow gordon on twitter he's at gordon it's really x now it's x gordon g chang and gordon has a new booklet out it is china is going to war and it's out right now so without further ado here's my friend gordon chang gordon good morning
14: buddy how are you i'm fine Sid, and thank you you know by the way talking about road trips we lydia and i are on a road trip we are going to go through when we're done i think uh 19 states. Speaking to her. And we are seeing America. And I can report as well that America is alive and well. There you go, Chad.
8: You got Gordon Chang on your side, too. How about that? That's a
4: big endorsement. Thank (laughs) you.
8: (laughs) How are you guys doing it, Chad? Had a bike? Are you doing like a Winnebago? How are you guys uh, doing the country tour? We're doing it in our Chevy. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's real America right there. Chevrolet and all over America. I love it, Gordon. Well, good for you. And again, it was great meeting you and your wife over at the gala a couple of weeks ago. But let's get right to it. Joe Biden, these streets here by 49th and 3rd, lockdown, cops everywhere. This is the big morning. He's going to speak at the UN Assembly coming up now in less than three hours. And one of the major topics he will spend time talking about is this Ukraine-Russia war what do you expect Biden's going to say today? Any solutions, any any hope of ending this thing sometime soon? What do you think Biden's take is on today, today on the Ukraine-Russia war?
14: He will say exactly what he said in the past. I don't expect anything new um, because I think Biden is just sort of clueless in a sense. Now, I think his policies um, are right. It's, you know, as Bill O'Reilly said before your break, look, the Chinese view this as a proxy war. They don't think it is a war between Ukrainians and Russians. They see it as a war with the United States. And so, therefore, it puts the war in a very different context.
8: Oh, I agree with that to a certain extent. I do think they're paying very, very close attention. But, I, you know, I just saw a story just yesterday that they can't be paying that much attention to it because – Uh, This story in more than one place says that the Chinese have been flying over 150, over 150 planes over Taiwan. So that sounds to me like the Chinese are getting very, very close to doing something there, which would be catastrophic. As you said many, many times, there are two ways you pretty much guarantee World War III. If Putin goes into Poland, that's a NATO country, and, of course, if the Chinese go into Taiwan. And it looks like China-Taiwan maybe right around the corner.
14: Yes, and it could also be China-Philippines. And we have a mutual defense treaty with the Philippines. At Second Thomas Shoal in the South China Sea, for the last uh, about four or five weeks, China's been engaged in intensified activities to prevent the Filipinos from reinforcing um, Second Thomas Shoal. And it has gotten very, very belligerent recently. So it's Taiwan, could be the Philippines, and could be other places as well. Um, But China is taking its cue from seeing the way the United States and Europe deals with Ukraine. And if we're successful there, I think China will be impeded from any invasion plans in East Asia. But if we fail, then I believe Xi Jinping will see a green light. Gordon Chang. Follow Gordon
8: on X. Gordon G. Chang. Get his new booklet. It's titled China is Going to War. You said you like Biden's policies when it comes to the Ukraine. As far as I know, the policy is Zelensky calls, says, I want a ton of money. Biden gives him twice as much. And that seems to be the quote unquote policy. And it's not working because this war is now going on 20 months. And you know as well as I do that if we really had a policy on ending this war, we could have done it a year and a half ago. So what exactly do you like about Biden's policies? And if it's not working, what can he do better?
14: Yeah, it's certainly not working the way that it should. And we should be giving Ukraine the weapons it wants. Um, And uh, what we have done so far is try to manage the war, to try to not anger Putin too much. And that has led to this war being dragged out. Um, So in that sense, I don't like what Biden's doing. But I do like his overall support for Ukraine because it does mean, therefore, that Ukraine has a chance of winning. You know, we just saw North Korea um, meet with uh, Vladimir Putin in um, Russia. And there there's the suggestion that the North Koreans are going to be supplying ammunition and other high consumption rate items to Russia for use in the war. That's basically China. I think they're using North Korea as a cutout. So we are seeing the Basically, the gelling of a coalition that is fighting in Ukraine. It is not only Russia; it's China and North Korea.
7: Boy, it
8: seems like there are so many countries, continents. Whether it's Africa, whether it's China, in uh, whether it's uh, Russia, all these people at this point hate us. And I know that Ukraine continues to be one of our friends, and Biden-Zelensky and are very, very close. But it seems like the list of countries and continents, the more you and I speak, are starting to grow on a daily basis from people around the world that would love to see the West completely destroyed. Is that a fair assessment of what we've talked about?
14: That is a fair assessment. And there you can blame Biden because Biden has opened the door for effective Chinese diplomacy to recruit our friends. So, for instance, Saudi Arabia, you know, during the Trump years, the U.S. had The best relationship with Saudi Arabia since FDR, who established the relationship in 1945. Um, Biden opened the door to Saudi Arabia moving to China, as well as the other five members of the Gulf Cooperation Council. Biden opened the door in Brazil by supporting Lula da Silva in his election bid last year. And by the way, Um, those those two
8: guys are set to meet today. Biden will sit with Netanyahu and the Brazilian president you just mentioned.
14: Yes, and and Lula has been leading the charge on de-dollarization, in other words, getting rid of the dollar. And so that would never have happened if Biden didn't support his presidential bid. So we are seeing um, Biden support leaders who dislike or hate the United States. This is really, truly misguided, atrocious diplomacy on the part of the president, our president.
8: And people think what he did uh, just yesterday may have been the worst yet. And that is Iran back in the news. You remember, of course, when he was vice president, we had that awful deal that Obama and John Kerry put together, that Iranian deal, which we know for a fact. I used to speak, Gordon, to Ben Wienthall about twice a week. Ben was a guy living in uh, Germany, but he wrote for the Jerusalem Post. And he would write articles almost every week confirming that Iran was breaking the rules of that agreement every week. They were acquiring all this material to make nuclear weapons even though the agreement said they couldn't do it. And we did nothing about it. We didn't break the treaty. We didn't stop them. And here we go again. Now a prisoner swap in which, in which we lessen or we loose up, I should say six billion dollars for a country that wakes up every day trying to figure out how to destroy Israel and the United States. How do you give these people six billion dollars? Explain that to me.
14: I can't. Uh, Biden's deal was hideous announced. It was announced on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. I I just don't have words to describe how. And by the way, not just
8: not just announced on that day, but announced on that day, From Alaska, the only president since that tragic day 22 years ago, not to be at ground zero. So there were two disrespectful things. A, he said it from Alaska, and B, like you said, I'm giving Iran $6 billion.
14: And when Biden gave his speech in Alaska, he started out with lighthearted comments. And during that speech was supposed to be about 9-11. He then went after his domestic adversaries. That is just wrong on every level. This is one of the most disgraceful events in American history. Wow, you think
8: it's it really gets to that level? One of the most disgraceful events in American history. You're putting it right there.
14: On a day where America lost two thousand nine hundred and seventy seven Americans to mark the anniversary by talking about his high school days and then to go after Republicans, I, I just Don't
8: have words for that. Really? I mean, because when you consider that he did tell us that he stood outside what looked like the gates of hell on September 12th when he was in Washington, D.C., he did tell us his son Bo died in Iraq when, in fact, he died in a hospital in the United States. He did talk about Maui, those poor people losing I don't know how many thousands of people, but he had a kitchen fire once when he was in Hawaii. So I got to tell you, this kind of fits right in with all the other
14: horrible lies that Joe Biden has told us. And and that is, I think, those are symptoms of diminished mental capacity. You know, whatever one may think of Biden's policies, it's clear that he is not fit to be president of the United States.
8: But can it be both? Because Bill O'Reilly makes that same argument all the time, and I, and I, I take offense to it. I, I believe it's both. I think, yes, he has it diminished is, is capabilities,
14: both. but he's a creep. The man is an absolute creep you know i agree with you i was just talking about uh, his mental capacity and that alone is sufficient to disqualify him from serving as president of the united states you know as much as people may not want a president harris it's clear that biden does not have the mental capacity to deal with this and we are approaching a war a war which was made possible because of biden's atrocious policies in afghanistan that led to the invasion of Ukraine, which could lead to China's belligerence in East Asia. And that war is unlikely to stay conventional. We need a president who is able to exert all mental facilities to protect the United States in a moment of unique danger.
8: Well, we can get that guy back in about 14 months. So it sounds to me, Gordon, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me... Like that guy who was in power already once. There was no Ukraine-Russia conflict. China never even flirted with going into Taiwan. Africa was, all these countries were fine. The guy is Donald Trump. So don't you think it would be in America's best interest, if you hate his guts, to just hold your nose, go into that booth, and bring back the guy that, for the most part, outside of COVID, had four years of peace.
14: Absolutely. And when you talk about COVID, remember that China, once this disease got out into the Chinese population, we know that Xi Jinping changed the result of the 2020 American presidential election by making sure that COVID uh, um, ended up in America, because Xi Jinping lied about transmissibility of disease, and he lied about it to American officials. And then also, um, he was pressuring America to take arrivals from China. <coughs> excuse, excuse me, without travel restrictions or quarantines. So, Xi Jinping determined the outcome of the 2020 election. Remember, in early 2020, everyone knew that Trump was going to be reelected. COVID changed that.
8: That's true, and it changed it in a big way. The new booklet is China is going to war. You can follow my man Gordon Chang on X, used to be Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. He's brilliant, the best in the business. Gordon, I love when you come on. Thank you for this information this morning. It's really very valuable, especially with the president about to speak about a lot of these issues coming up in about two and a half hours. Excellent work. We'll do it again very soon. Thank you, buddy.
14: Thank you so much, Sid. I really appreciate it. You
8: got it. Gordon Chang right here on Sid and Friends in the morning. And that wraps up pretty good two hours of radio, folks. Come on now. Curtis Sleever was terrific, Chad Lopez was here, Gordon Shang, I got my phone back. We got two more hours of great radio to come, including General Jack Keen and oh she's the best. Judge Janine Pirro. Keep it right here, folks. Sitting friends in the morning. Rose on right after this.
4: Or email them at info at GaboLaw.com. That's G A B O Law.com. Law, where winning is no accident.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, this is Sit Friends in the Morning.
11: 77
1: WABC. <clock beaucoup moins>
8: On your sunny Tuesday morning, gorgeous day here in New York. There's a great song, Lewis. Another great song, Chicago. Talking to Chad during the break and all these beautiful states. You know, I've never done that. I've, I've been to just about every state in this country because at one point in my career, I was on over uh, well over 80 cities across America when my radio show was syndicated by both Westwood One and Sports Fan Radio Network. And I had the fortunate opportunity to travel this country and do shows all over the country. We called it the Party with the People Tour. And we would spend three days in all the cities we were on syndicated in. And we would, uh, you know, frequent the local restaurants and meet the people. And they would set up a tent and... It was pretty massive. I mean, believe it or not, two guys that no one ever heard of, Scott Kaplan and Sidney Rosenberg, 1999, would get off a plane in La Crosse, Wisconsin. It was like the Beatles. He was like Paul, I was like John. They were like, oh my God, these guys are from New York, from Florida. What a, what a, what a, what an unbelievable place. And Chad is smiling and nodding his head because that's how the middle of the country feels. They hear you're from New York, you're automatically a rock star or crazy. Sometimes both. But those people which, of course, we call them the flyover nation. Dana Lesh wrote a great book about that. Flyover Nation is about 40-plus states. And all they do is fly the American flag, send their kids to serve this country, go to church every Sunday morning, spend time with the family. It ain't New York City. It ain't Boca Raton. It ain't Los Angeles. It's the real America. The real America. And those people right now are the people that are praying to God that Donald Trump becomes president again. Because he does appeal to those people. He does. This group, they do not. But Donald Trump does appeal to those folks. Flyover Nation, America the Beautiful, and my man Chad Lopez, just back from a week-long vacation, could attest to that. Now... We go to Rockland County, as Howard Cosell would say. We go to Rockland County, one of my favorite congressmen, one of my favorite politicians in the United States today, who we thought was illegal free. But as it turns out, that not be the case. Back for a second visit in a week. He was so good last time, my good buddy Mike Lawler. Michael, good morning, bro. How are you?
13: I'm good, Sid. We're down in uh, in Washington for uh, another day at the circus. <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah. Well, we'll get to that, exactly what you guys are doing. It's interesting. You're in Washington, and the president is going to drive by my studios probably within the hour. But I heard your voice on this station early in the 5 o'clock hour, and it turns out, and I don't know the details on this, that after we thought that you and Ed Day and a host of others were able to keep all of the illegals – out of Rockland County, that about 3,000, if that's the right number, if not, correct me, about 3,000 plus, maybe it's 300, found their way to Rockland County, kind of snuck in somehow, and now you're dealing with that. What is the actual story there?
13: So the town of Clarkstown, uh, which you're familiar with, New yes, City uh very. In the town of Clarkstown, and uh, they uncovered at the end of last week, a house 1500 square foot house that had 31 illegal immigrants living in it and they do a great job with code enforcement town supervisor george homan uh, has done a a phenomenal job over eight years going after uh, illegal home conversions and cracking down on uh, those that uh, violate the town code and so they uncovered this house, they uh, issued a search warrant, and they found 31 uh, illegal immigrants living in the house in abhorrent, substandard conditions. You had children sleeping in the garage on the, on the floor. Uh, you know, they, they subdivided the house up, and imagine a 1,500-square-foot home with 31 people living in it. Um, most of these folks, uh, according to the investigation so far, are from Ecuador. Uh, they came through the southern border from Texas to Manhattan to Queens and then found their way up here. Uh, the investigation is still ongoing as to how they got here. Uh, obviously, you know, the homeowner, uh, is being taken to court, uh, rightfully so. Uh, and there's going to be a reckoning here. This, this this is so so out of control across the the city, the state, uh, and the country, uh, and people are tired of it. My Democratic colleagues standing outside the Roosevelt Hotel last week, as if they were doing something by saying we need to increase, uh, you know, the work authorization and speed it up. I, I mean, are you out of your minds? <laughs> we, we have to get this under control. You you have to secure the southern border. You have to stop this massive influx. And I've said it repeatedly, and it bears repeating because uh, people don't understand it. This is This is not about being against immigration. This is about being against this out-of-control process that doesn't work. You cannot have open borders. You cannot have a sanctuary city. You cannot refuse to cooperate with ICE. You cannot use taxpayer funds to pay for free housing, health care, education, food, clothing, and then expect that you're not going to have what we're dealing with as a crisis. Uh, So for all my Democratic colleagues uh, who have for years, for years, uh, flouted the law here and promoted these open borders, sanctuary city policies, Enough. Enough. We have to come together as a country and put in place a process that works. You have to secure the border. You have to stop this massive influx. Yes, we need to reform our legal immigration system so that people who want to come here and participate in our economy and contribute to our communities can do so, but do so legally, because this is totally unsustainable and 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 mind you, you had 31 people living in substandard horrific conditions. We've had incidents with fires. Uh, just earlier this year, five people, five people died in a house fire oh, yeah. uh, in a home where there you know three family. Uh, meanwhile, it was only set up for two family. Uh, and you know we had a, a firefighter who died two years ago. This is absolutely out of control, uh, and and you don't want to see people get hurt. But my Democratic colleagues think, you know, just continuing to, to you know, allow the laws to be broken uh, is, is a good way to operate. It's not. I not
8: know if you heard uh, Mayor Eric Adams last week. I played a very funny clip from comedian Louis Black. I like Louis. And <laughs> it's actually said that, uh, quote, Eric Adams makes Bill de Blasio look like a genius. And that's appalling. Eric uh, came out last week and was upset that people don't give him more credit. ...for the way he's handled the migrant crisis. And when I look at the migrant crisis, and I'm talking specifically about New York, I place the blame on three people. Joe Biden, who in D.C. allows Mayorkas to keep these borders wide open. Governor Kathy Hochul, who is one of those Democrat colleagues that has done nothing to stop it. And Eric... Who, yes, is very angry lately, but spent the better part of year number one welcoming people coming off the buses, calling New York a sanctuary city, and talking about humanity and and giving these people four star hotels and treating them much better than our own American homeless. You can't just turn it off and decide now, now I'm angry. I blame the three of them. What do you think about that?
13: You missed one Chuck Schumer. And the four of them together. Uh, own this mess. Uh, Joe Biden, the moment he came in, reversed so many of the policies at the southern border. Uh, Mayorkas is is an absolute joke and disgrace. Uh, and they, they have allowed over 6 million migrants to cross over the southern border in two and a half years. And Eric Adams stood at the bus terminable welcoming all these people as they were coming up, you know, we're a sanctuary, we're a sanctuary, send me your tired, you're hungry, you're poor. We'll accept them all. Okay. Well, what do you think's going to happen? You know, people are going to come. And it's not just, the, it's not just the idea that you had governors sending migrants to New York people come because they want to come to New York. And, and when you offer them free healthcare, free food, free education, of course they're going to come. And on top of it all, you had Joe Biden, long before the southern governors were busing people up to New York, you had Joe Biden flying migrants into Westchester County Airport at midnight, all right, and putting them on a bus and dispersing them all across New York and into New York City. So the Democrats didn't have anything to say then when Joe Biden was doing it almost immediately uh, from the time he took office. They only started crying about this the moment you had a southern governor send people up after they were inundated for years. We've only gotten a fraction of what has come in. Think about that. We've gotten 100,000 migrants coming into New York City. We've had over 6 million people cross the border. So this is out of control across the entirety of the country. Uh, Municipalities clearly can't handle it you got the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, who does a Sunday press conference every week, yet somehow can't muster the courage to stand up and call this out for what it is. Instead, he, say, he puts out a statement the other day saying, oh, I'm, I'm on top of it. I'm on top of it. I'm fighting for New York to get more money. More money. That's not going to solve the problem here. <laughs> no,
8: no, it's not. And he's not getting it because, as i said on this show only a 100 times, I got from a very, very good source that the administration says there's no money coming. Uh, so what are you doing exactly in D.C. today? It seems like the world is right here again, right outside my Third Avenue window. There's about a million cops, there's motorcycles, there's police cars. Joe Biden will speak at the National Assembly coming up. Oh, in about two hours now, who will probably drive by in less than an hour. So all the action is right here. But you've got action in D.C. today. What's that all about?
13: Well, we're going to be voting on the rule uh, later today with respect to the continuing resolution to keep the government open and funded. Uh, and as I said yesterday uh, to some of my colleagues on the right, uh, you know, they don't know what they want. They don't know how to get to yes. They don't know how to define a win. They don't know how to work together as a team. Uh, and, you know, in the last week, they've talked about shutting down the government, removing the Speaker, and impeaching the President all at once. Uh,
8: listen, I know. Uh, I, the, the, that group of people, Chip Roy, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're psychos. I'm on their team, but they're psychos. And i got to tell you, I go back to Donald Trump when he had that uh, town hall on CNN, that disaster. And they were t- he was talking about the debt ceiling. And he said, you know what, if I was in charge, I'd let the whole thing crash. And no one knows if he really felt that way. We would have done it when he was president. But that's what he said. And now he's on record again this week saying, you know what, I'd let the government shut down. What do you think about what Trump said? Do you believe him?
13: Look, if if he was president, uh, zero chance. Because you can't. First of all, the economy is a disaster because of the policies of the Biden administration. You cannot allow the government to shut down or allow us to default on our debt. It would tank the economy even worse than it already is under the Biden administration. And I, for one, am not going to be party to that. Uh, Yes, I want to reduce spending. Joe Biden increased spending by over $5 trillion in two years. So I absolutely want to uh, decrease spending. I want to rein in the size and scope of government. It's why I ran. Uh, to be in the majority so we couldn't govern. But if people just want to throw bombs and, and pull stunts and shut the government down, go go enjoy being in the permanent minority because that's what's going to happen. And I'm not going to be party to it. Uh, that is not a, a responsible way to govern. It's not what the American people sent us here to do. They sent us here to lead. Uh, I know there's going to be people on the right attacking me. Oh, he's a rhino. He's a rhino. B.S. This is not conservative Republicanism. This is idiocy. It is, it is so stupid uh, and, and, and illogical as to what they're trying to do. Uh, and they're not going to win the argument. This, this is not going to strengthen anybody's hand in negotiations. All right. So we have to keep the government open. And if my colleagues don't want to pass a CR this week, I will do what I need to do to make sure we get a CR passed. And I'm not going to play this game where we just go round and round and round, shut the government down, and then when it reopens, guess what? They'll, they'll be in a much weaker position. So the objective here has to be through the appropriations process to negotiate, to rein in spending, to downsize uh, government, but this is just shutting the government down. It ain't going to do it.
8: In the next uh, thirty seconds, Mike, and every time you're on, you're better than the last time. You are a rock star at this point, so thank you. Uh, are you in agreement that uh, Kevin McCarthy's not doing a very good job? You like to see him replaced, or do you think, like I think, he's doing a good job?
13: Oh, Kevin's done a phenomenal job, and you know to have to navigate all of these different personalities, keep his cool, and and focus on negotiating with. Chuck Schumer and the White House. I mean, remember, we don't control the Senate. We don't control the White House. And people are expecting a grand slam every time. The objective has to be to advance the ball forward on every play. And that's what we're doing. But some of my colleagues think that we're going to get everything we want when we don't even control the Senate, we don't control the White House. It doesn't work like that. And Kevin's done a phenomenal job putting the conference in a position to win every week. But you know some of these people are just hell bent. for one reason or another, some of it seems uh, extremely personal, people like Matt Gates. Uh, it, it's illogical, uh, and frankly it's destructive to the country. and if they're not here to do their job, they should Pack up their shit and leave.
8: <laughs> okay, there he is, Mike Lawler. He uh, always comes up strong. Mike, thank you so much. Good luck in Washington, D.C. today. We'll do it again very soon. Great job, buddy. Thank you so All much. All right, thanks. You're the man, Mike Lawler, the pride. <laughs> hey now. man, he comes with passion, doesn't he? He comes with passion. That is one pissed-off congressman, Mike Waller. You gotta so, like that. Problem that mother- is, he's
5: got to care know. more. More
8: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of his, he holds back too much. That's uh, two right. times in a row where Mike Waller is actually cursed on the air. You gotta love it. All right, eight twenty-five. A lot <laughs> Keep more to going. do. Judge Janine Pierro we're going to talk to Jack Keene. this is a huge Tuesday show folks. the president about to speak less than two hours now about eight blocks away. keep it right here, sitting friends in the morning on a Tuesday
1: entertaining and informative this is sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
8: Big, big show. Curtis Slewa Chad Lopez, Gordon Shang, and Mike Lawler. We are going to talk to Judge Janine Pirro coming up, and Jack Keen. As the activity outside continues, the bolster A lot of folks out there, man. Joe Biden's going to speak. Let me ask you a question. Who are you asking?
6: I'm going to ask.
8: Justin, this question. Okay, oh good. my God, I can't, I can't, I can't
6: wait. wait. No, 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 no. My heat just got. My seat just
8: got hot. <laughs> yeah. Hello. So the only matchup in Week Three of the NFL, we ended Week Two last night. The Steelers get a home win over the Browns. A really ugly injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Browns' was... running back Nick Chubb. That Did you was see the picture. Gross.
10: Yeah, I saw oh, my it. God,
8: he's dude. gone. He's done. Yeah. yeah. Done. Yeah. And uh, and the Saints win again. They're two and zero. They went in Carolina. Bryce Young struggling. The Panthers are zero two. We start, of course, week three on Thursday night with my football Giants. Fresh off that amazing comeback win. They still suck, but they won the game. And they're at San Francisco, who looks great after two road wins to start the season. They uh, won week one big in Pittsburgh, and they won relatively easily against the Rams last Sunday, too. Brock Purdy looks great. Christian McCaffrey looks great. Giants are in for a world of pain on Thursday. Right now a double-digit underdog. But the only matchup of two unbeaten teams... Week three is Monday night on Yom Kippur of all nights. I'll be with my mom, and it features your Eagles two and zero taking on this is a shocker. Yeah, but the Baker Mayfield led two and zero Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about that? I got two tickets for yeah. the Eagles and Bucks on Monday, or or I get you in this morning. To the U.N., (laughs) and you sit front row and center for the President of the United States Uh
6: speech Uh
8: seen and heard Uh around the world. Right.
6: Uh, if you had tickets, if you had a parking ticket for me for that, <laughs> that game,
8: I would, I would take that over the UN. You're taking the football game. Yeah, of course. And is that because you love the Eagles or you just don't like Biden?
6: Uh, it's a mixture of both. I think Biden would put me to sleep, first of all. Yeah. On top of me just kind of foaming at the mouth <laughs> in, in terms of not being able to understand what he's saying. Right. And then, uh, yeah, and I love the birds, obviously. I love them to death.
8: All right, Lou, I don't know. I wouldn't give you Eagles Bucks tickets. You don't care about I that. I do not but I
6: know what
5: I'm, I'm gonna take uh I'm no taking, matter what i'm taking front row right in front of him now why is that so you could H- heckle him? him and make <laughs> fun of him are what? you allowed
8: no, the, no i would think what, that no i would think that the uh the security people would will remove you from well, the well
5: if i snore very
8: loud <laughs>
5: yeah. i'm not allowed to do that i don't think I'm you are allowed. they're gonna wake me up and pull me out of there if i,
8: <laughs> I don't even know what the rules are no,
9: what are the rules at the U.N.? Could you Could you heckle? Could you <laughs> no, Could you throw tomatoes? Well, there was uh, Khrushchev. Remember, he heckled. Uh, so people do heckle once in oh, a while. Oh, that
8: did happen. You're right. He, he was very good pounding memory. his
9: fist on the, yes. uh, on, yes. the, on the desk. So it does happen. Would you have any desire to go see Biden speaking? in football. Hours? No, I'd go to a football game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me turn around on you. What if it was Trump? Uh, you know, just in general i've been to, sat through so many of those speeches so if you're offering me tickets versus a political speech i'm always going to take the tickets but it's trump he's Doesn't, the best at it he's i've like, seen trump he's like a mixture a of times. ronald
8: reagan and um, yeah. and rodney
9: dangerfield yeah i've I've seen him a few times up close and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I've, <laughs> so you don't like him anyway. I know you don't no, like no. him. No, it's not a matter of that. I just like yeah. the Giants more.
8: I <laughs> know <laughs> about this version of the Giants. I know he came back and won on Sunday, but then Daniel Jones had a great second half and Barkley's out. Yeah. And we'll be out, uh, till at least mid October. That was a, an ankle injury, uh, came against Arizona on Sunday. So no Barkley for the Giants Thursday against the Niners. That is a tough loss
1: for the G men. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
6: And to realize these promises requires
14: a principled patriotism. A patriotism that recognizes that no person, no party, no interest can take pressure over the
7: American project.
14: This project has come up short in many ways.
11: been live
8: if we did that in about two hours Joe Biden' speaking and blue rapino snorting <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be made up no well he's not very good at that that's all I mean give the guy a break he's not not very good at that I'm, what exactly is he good at I don't figure that out I think the I think the conversation about Biden is somewhat fascinating in that there are a lot of people out there, and I don't want to say give him the benefit of the doubt because they say they aren't, but they are. Because they go right to dementia. He doesn't know. And when I hear that, the hair on the back of my neck stands up. And I want to get crazy, but I don't because some of these people are much smarter than me, and I respect them, so I let them talk. But I completely disagree. I think the man is a lying creep, a lowlife, a douchebag. Every adjective you would use to describe somebody you can't stand is worthy in Joe Biden's case. I wish, I wish he was just an old man suffering from dementia, good old grandpa there. I wish that was the case. But I talk to Jim Comer. I talk to Jim Jordan. I talk to Nancy Mace, as you know, all the time. I listened to Biden talk about fires in a kitchen in Maui and speaking on 9-11 from Alaska, doing a deal with Iran on that day, telling us his son died in Iraq when he died in a hospital. I hear all these things. There's no way this is just dementia. He's evil. He's a bad man. And why anybody would try to make any argument for him, I just don't understand. But they do. I don't think my next guest does. <laughs> she is the biggest talent at Fox News, and I mean that in a big way. Five every weekday afternoon at five. She does an amazing radio show here every Sunday morning. I'm on record many, many, many times saying how much I love this lady on and off the air. We are blessed this morning to have the great Judge Janine Pirro. Judge, I know you hear that about Biden all the time. Well, he's an old man; he's dementia. Give me a break. Yeah.
3: yeah, no, you know, Joe Biden. First of all, thank you for that introduction, and I must tell you, I'm not the greatest talented fox, but I've, I've, it's very nice of you to say that. But let's just talk about the half win that's showing up today at the uh, at the UN. I mean, he may be a halfwit, but what he has figured out is how to arrange and organize a criminal enterprise. (laughs) And this is a man who has for the last, I don't know how many years, maybe 15, 20 years, he has been wrapping himself in the American flag, running around from one country to another, knocking on the front door. And in the back door is his son with a garbage bag where they fill up the cash. And then set up shell corporations. I mean, this guy's got it over any other uh RICO organization. He's got it all figured out. He knew how to get Obama to make it the point man on energy. Energy is where the money is. And Joe Biden knows that. So don't give me this. Night. Look, he may be a half-wit now. Uh, you know, and what shocks me is that Americans, you know, say, oh, he's a good man. He's a great president. Look at what he's done. I can't figure out what he's done. He couldn't tell you what he's done. <laughs> you know what? I'd rather be caught I heard you earlier. I'd rather be caught in gridlock than have to sit there and listen to that man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna say. He doesn't know what he's gonna say. But you know what? Maybe they've got him, you know, juiced up so that he might be able to read a little bit, but uh it is an embarrassment. Can you imagine Kim Jong un and, and, and Putin <laughs> And, uh, the rest of them, when this guy <laughs> tries to get through his sentence, I mean, they're like, let's take, forget Crimea, forget this, forget, let's take the world over. And that's what they're trying to do. Uh, and uh, the, the hatred that people have for Donald Trump, uh, is so much greater than their love for America. I mean, they'd rather keep this half-wit in office. Oh, yeah. Than then, you know, then support anyone else who would fight for this country, fight for energy independence. And by the way, wouldn't pay six mil- six billion dollars to make sure that, uh, you know, we get Americans back when the truth is all they're doing is put a putting a bounty on Americans who travel outside of America. It's really that simple. Basically saying to any country out there, you know, if, if you want who, who is of the ilk, let me make that clear. You know, if you want to take someone as a hostage who's an American, get, have at it. The Americans not only will give you the, your criminals back, but they'll 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 fill up your uh, your bank account. And you know, we say we say in America, oh, it's only going to be used for humanitarian purposes. Hogwash. The Ayatollah <laughs> went out and said they don't tell us how to spend their, our money. It's like within hours. So, I mean, I've had it with all of them. So, And the gridlock is driving me crazy. (laughs) I can't get in. I can't get out. Terrible. Last night, I said, you know what? I'm going to stay in the city. I'm going to have dinner. I won't go home until 9. I couldn't get off the block until 10. Aye,
8: aye, aye. No, it's terrible. I mean, for me, it's great. I walk two blocks away. I hop on a subway. I go down to Wall Street, hop on a ferry. I'm in the water, and I'm home in 45 minutes. I live on the beach in Queens. It's great. But wow. uh But I can't stand this week in New York. But, you know. You talk about how these people, they, they vote him back in in a heartbeat. You're right. Gavin Newsom on record yesterday saying he's not too old. Joy Behar, that witch on TV last week. He's doing a great job. I mean, but, but, you know, on a serious note, you've got 150, uh, Janine, 150 Chinese planes as we speak over Taiwan. There are two situations, both of which are very real, the China-Taiwan situation, even more right. real, that will set off World War III. That is if Putin ever decides going to Poland, one of those NATO nations. I don't yeah. see that happening, but it could. But this one, China-Taiwan, that's World War III. And you know, you know that if Donald Trump was president, China wouldn't even flirt with something like this. How do Americans not realize that?
3: Well, you know, the, the the Americans, all they have to do is look at, and I mentioned Crimea earlier. They took Crimea when Obama was president. They're, uh, they're trying to take uh, Ukraine when Biden is president. Nobody took anything when, when Donald Trump was president. They knew that he was coming at them. But you know what? It's not even about that. It's about tribalism now. People are now breaking up into tribes. I'm on the left tribe. I'm on the right tribe. The problem is the left tribe is a tribe that is the Hate America group. Ultimately, if they don't, okay, and I'll give them the benefit of the, the doubt. I'll say that, that that they love America. But the truth is that America is in decline, and everything about this country under Joe Biden is a disaster. I mean, you look at the crime that's going on, a retired police chief in, uh, uh, I, I think it was, uh, where was he? He was killed in Navy Nevada. He was on a bicycle. Two dirtbags decide they want to kill him and videotape. Yes. And then you've got uh, you've got another police officer who's sitting in his car. This one's in Nevada for sure. He gets popped and killed. I mean, nobody even thinks twice about that stuff. They're like, you know, we need cashless bail. You know, we'll be fine when the truth is we're all victims. And you know what? Now that I think of it, Maybe they ought to fill the audience at the U.N. with the illegals that are brought into Mm. New York City. If Eric Adams is really upset about it, Biden won't talk to him. Fill that audience up with the illegals so Biden can see what he's
7: doing.
8: I mean, it's true. He's in New York. At this point, New York is getting hammered with over 100,000 large How is that not part of the conversation? And you mentioned Adams, and Adams is upset. He wants to meet with the president, blah, blah, blah. And you know, Janine, you know that I became friendly with the mayor. You know that. I know. We went out for dinner. We went out for lunch. We had, we texted each other often. And I still, there's still a part of me that likes him. I, I have to admit, there's still a part of me that likes him as a man. But as a mayor, what is
3: he doing this week? What is he doing this week? Biden's in town. Biden won't meet with him. Right. He's the mayor of this city. He controls the police department. Biden doesn't go anywhere in terms of the streets. And I know the Secret Service is involved. You force that man to meet with you. You force Joe Biden to discuss the illegals in this city that are taking over this city. This city will never come back from what we're experiencing with these illegals. And by the way, you know what? I was reading this morning that there's some uh, guards now with assault rifles Hired to protect a Philly cheesecake joint. I mean, this is we're like a third world country. You want a cheese? You want a
14: Philly
3: cheesecake? What you got to do is we got to guard with an AR-15. All right, kids, we're going there today.
8: And and then you top all that off. That is hilarious, not really, but it is. Then you top all that off, Janine, with this horribly tragic story about this little kid in the Bronx. Dying of fentanyl. Right. And and this, this mayor refers to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn when he knows full well that Biden, with Mayorkas, is leaving these borders wide open. Fentanyl comes into this country every single day. Now he's got a dead kid on his hands. He's all emotional at a press conference yesterday. Why would you call yourself the Biden of Brooklyn when he's the guy
3: allowing this to happen? Not only is he allowing it to happen, he's facilitating it, and he's complicit. The fact, and you know, I got to tell you, uh, I am happy that people like DeSantis and people like Governor Abbott from uh, Texas that they're sending people up north. I'm glad they are. And by the way, it's not just them. A lot of these people who who are coming up north are paid for by their family members. There was an article I forget who reported it that these these people are paying their way to get to New York. And look, if New York is so happy to have them, well, then you know what. New York is going to suffer the consequence. This city will never come back. COVID was bad enough. But with the illegals and they're going to keep coming in. Did you see the train that was coming in? Was oh, God. God. oh, my God. I thought, it was, I thought it was a comedy. I really did. <laughs> but it's true. It's real. These people are packing it in, and they're all men. They're all young men. And they're like, hell, we'll go to America. They'll give us whatever we need. I mean, we don't have to listen to their laws we can do whatever we want and you know what nobody's talking about it. you talk about the daycare where that one year old was uh, it was murdered basically by the fentanyl that that they were cooking up there or mixing with other things and then the question is what about the fact that uh this fentanyl is all over the country they could take this city out in a second And Joe Biden is just worried about how much cash he's leaving for his grandchildren. I mean, these people are disgusting.
8: No, they are. And that uh, begs the question, as you wrap up this great conversation, you're always amazing. You are. I love you. You're just fired up. You're emotional. You're brilliant. No, you You're
3: fire bu- me up. I'll tell you what. I always start out calmly, and then I end up furious. <laughs> the next guy who's knocking at my door at 9 o'clock, he's going to put his shade at my house. That poor guy, I feel bad for that, for that person. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
8: Well, I can't. All I'm doing is bringing up the, the the news on the truth. and And it does beg the question, if I hear one more person tell me that Donald Trump can't win, We don't want him to win the primary. We want Nikki Haley. Shut up, Nikki Haley. We want all these other dupuses because Trump can't win. Now, again, my math may be wrong, but I think I figured out he amassed over 130 million votes the last two elections. Whether you think he won the last one or not, he's won one of the last two. He's got all the right policies, and this country is in shambles. Who the hell is Nikki Haley to come fix this? I'm sorry.
3: Let me. okay. let me tell you a little about Nikki and I'll be real fast here. She's made a lot of sense with a lot of comments that she's made, but she's not going to be president. Okay, so uh, here's the thing. They told us in 2016 that that Donald Trump could never be president. (laughs) Not a chance. Okay, that's what they said. Well, let me tell you, I think he's got a better chance this time. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned. I think those independents in the middle who are looking at the economy, they're looking at illegals and they're looking at crime and they're saying this. And, and by the way, the Chinese planes over Taiwan. Hey, Joe can't even figure out what the one the one China policy is. He doesn't know which side of it he's on. So, I mean, we're in a real hell of a we're in a real heck of a mess. And that's got me at this point saying things I should. Well, but anyway.
8: It is true. It is true. But hey, look, uh, the sun is out, Janine. It's a beautiful day. And uh, the five gets the best ratings that time of the day anywhere in the world. And you, no matter what you say, you're very nice and very humble. I know you love Jesse and Dana, the rest of them. You're the star of that show. So
3: (laughs) things are good. I'll get all upset. Look, here's the the good news for the day I can leave my house and get to New York City in about three and a half hours with the good (laughs) luck. You know, and we can thank Joe Biden for that. Oh, you know, I like guess every minute, every every thought in my mind will be Joe Biden, Joe Biden. That you know. Anyway, yes. well, we'll probably talk about his speech on the five today. I can't wait to hear what he mumbles, unless they got him all juiced up and he might make. Some
8: oh yeah, he'll, he'll get through it, but it'll be brutal. And I can't wait to watch you guys. Wait to watch you guys talk about it at five o'clock. I love you. I love you, Janine. Love Great you job. Thank you. Good thank care. you. This is all everybody, right. the great Judge Janine Pirro. What a tremendous show she does here every Sunday. I mean great, not good, great, and of course the five, five PM every weekday afternoon on Fox News. Lewis, how's that for three hours? That's Pretty crazy. Good? That's
5: that's the,
6: crazy. And the phone too. Oh, and the phone She was saying before she came on her dogs actually just mauled the deer. So there's blood all over her ass.
8: Is that right? Yeah. Are dogs just maul the deer? <laughs>
6: That's that good a good way to get food. That's good. How does that
8: How does that, that conversation shame. even start? I don't know.
6: I, I just I got on the phone. Oh know.
8: hey, how you doing, Justin? By the way, my dogs are mauling a deer in the backyard. Yeah, oh, hold on a second. Yeah,
6: I yeah. My, just uh, give me a minute. Said, said, well, here's
8: said, a bigger said, question: going Is you gonna on? On? cook that thing up and have some venison? Today? There you go. Oh,
5: now venison's now
6: good. I know the deer's already dead.
8: What do you need so much, man? Why you seen
6: her dogs are ginormous?
8: She has big dogs, right? She lives up in, like, Westchester or something, right?
6: Yeah. I mean,
8: I don't know. Oh, good for her. Good. All right. (laughs) Saves
6: at the
11: supermarket. Good for
8: her. (laughs) That wraps up our number three. We're going to talk to Jack Keene and maybe more next hour. This is the Tuesday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
0: In the morning. What'd you say? He'd a friend. Ooh, Ooh. you're my best
1: friend. 77 WABC. Boy.
8: city today and get here and get out and guess in that respect i'm kind of fortunate because i just walk two blocks to the subway go down to wall street and get out of here and justin it's not bad for you because you're walking distance from your house
6: yeah well, i wouldn't call it a
8: house well apartment yeah Yeah. and lou but for you it's got to be tough i mean you got to drive you drive here you drive home what was the commute back like yesterday
5: No, actually not so bad, because you can drive away from this. The garage is north of here. Right. So if you stay away
8: from these two blocks and don't go near the U.N. Right. And and people are staying away from the city anyway. That's what's funny is we think, we keep hearing about this awful traffic, but I think that people purposely stay away this week.
6: Yeah. And it was better yesterday because of the weather.
8: Well, well, yesterday, right, the rain was bad. Today's a gorgeous day. Yeah. You know, I was... um, it was moved a little bit in the in the very, very open all the way back at 6 o'clock in the morning that Justin Ellick puts together every morning. And it's great. It's got all the major stories. Today, for example, the Iran swap. We'll talk to Jack Keen about that coming up. A migrant story in New York City, the death, this tragic story, very tragic, the death of a one-year-old baby, fentanyl. The U.N. Assembly today, Joe Biden set to speak now in about 90 minutes. And sometimes we'll throw a sports story in there. I guess the big ones, Saquon Barkley, are going to be out now for at least a month. Spain ankle pretty badly against Arizona on Sunday. Giants have a huge game against a great football team Thursday night in San Francisco. And he ain't going to be there. Well, the Jets, Robert Salah must have seen a game that I wasn't watching because he made the point yesterday that Zach Wilson played pretty well. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. but uh, So we throw all this stuff in the open. But today I was moved. And I can't say that I'm moved every morning, but I was moved, Justin, the very end of the open you included something from Tucker Carlson. Now I've heard people say to me time and time again, forget about – you know, um, Nancy Mays, forget about Tulsi Gabbard, forget about Christy Gnome, forget about Carrie Lake, forget about that douche face Vivek or Tim Scott. Donald Trump should choose Tucker Carlson as his VP. And I never go, you're crazy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Tucker Carlson, as soon as he walks in, is the smartest guy in the room. Is anyone going to argue that? Except for maybe for he's already there, then it's close. Then it's close. But Tucker walks in, he's the smartest guy in the room.
6: Even if he's not, he makes it sound like he is.
8: That's right. So. And you didn't always love Donald Trump. Then again, neither did I. Neither did Mark Levin. Mark Levin, the great one. You know who he liked early on? Ted Cruz. He was a Ted Cruz guy. Didn't win that, so. A lot of those guys. Scaramucci who hates Trump now. He started out as a... uh, Who's the guy from Wisconsin, that senator? Oh, Scott Walker. That was his guy. A lot of folks didn't start with Donald, but they've gotten there. Now, guys like Sean Hannity from the very, very beginning. Bernard McGurk, God rest his soul, from the very, very beginning. But a lot of guys have moved over and come to the realization that Trump is great and we need him back. And Tucker be one of those people. So Tucker... Put together a video which Justin describes as a hype video yeah. <laughs> on, on the page here. A hype video it posted football season ended. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to Donald Trump's Instagram account where he outlines Trump's importance to America and how much America really loves Donald Trump. So if you missed it at 6 o'clock this morning, the good news is. Here
2: it is. Lewis, cut number 19. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns, mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills, who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago, when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency. And it's every bit as true right now. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, if they would cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world, but our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in this country. I remember one time on one
8: WFAN, I'm doing this whole rant. On the Yankees or somebody, I don't know. And I inspired an actor. You've heard of him, Chaz Terry And the first time he called me on WFAN over 20 years ago was based upon that commentary I was providing right there. I thought it was really cool. And that happened with me on the band a couple of times. There was an actor. His name was Brian Irish Guy. Come on. He played a cop all the time. Oh, Dennehy! Dennehy! Okay, What a great job, Lewis. Big guy, too. Bang! Brian Denny one time called the fan to talk to me.
5: Great, He's a great actor. Great actor. He He was was in Sharky's Machine.
8: I love Sharky's Machine. Sharky's (laughs) Machine. Burt Reynolds at his very best, and a young lady introduced to America named Rachel Ward when she kept her hair long and was sexy before she got that horrible haircut. (laughs) So Brian Denny actually called the fan one time based upon my commentary. That's so, crazy.
5: Wow.
8: I know. I'm like, Brian Denny. He's like, I listen to you all the time, Sid. This is going back 20-plus years ago. But what I'm getting at is if Chance and Terry was listening and was compelled to call, and he wasn't invited, same thing with Brian Denny. what are the odds that right now, after playing that Tucker Carlson Donald Trump speech, that somewhere in New York City, on his way to passing these studios and heading to the U.N. to speak to the General Assembly. What are the odds that in Joe Biden's car right now, the driver has WABC on? And much like Gene this morning, who heard me and dropped off my cell phone, Joe Biden calls in and says, I disagree with what's his
5: uh, I, there you go. That's Jill Jill Oh, I see what you're yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh,
8: Tucker uh, Fredrickson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tucker, <laughs> Tucker Fredrickson.
13: <laughs>
8: no chance? No chance?
6: Uh, How great would that be? There's a negative chance. Just so even...
8: you know, Jack, yeah. I'm listening right
6: now. No, he's got earphones and he's listening to, like, waves crashing on a beach or something. You think that's what he's listening to? Yeah, they give, they give him, like, ambient sound. That's what they do with old people.
8: Is that true? Yeah.
6: Am I going to get that They play like a very, very low, like it's like a dog whistle. They just play in your ear. It keeps you like alert. Really? No, I have no idea. No. I actually believed it.
8: (laughs) I know. You know, many, many years ago, there was, um, what was the name of that place? Uh, Not Brookstone, but it was kind of, Shopper Image. And they used to sell these uh, little boxes. To your point, Justin. And the little boxes... Played like six or seven sounds. And one of the sounds was a babbling brook. One was a river. One was the waves hitting the ocean. And I remember going to Danielle and going, I got to get this. And I got to tell you, for years, I mean years, early on in our marriage, dating back to 1992, I would play this box, specifically the ocean sound, every night. And that would help me sleep. And uh, well, it worked until I found melatonin. <laughs> that worked a little better. But those machines that you're talking about—they—they—they they, they sold out in a hurry. And you think that's what Joe Biden listens to every day?
6: I think he needs. Yeah, he, they got to be doing something with him, right? Just a problem. I don't know. No.
8: So, what does this morning look like? Uh, Noam Lyden. He—he's going to speak at about nine thirty. So, uh, or ten thirty, I should say. So, what happens? He arrives. Do they have breakfast or a cup of coffee? Do you know what happens there before?
9: He's just going to do the handshake walk through. There's these tents set up outside the UN. There's a welcome committee of UN members who are there. Sounds like
8: like a migrant center.
9: Yeah. (laughs) Except it's not as welcoming as the migrant center. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he'll walk in, shake hands with all these UN members. Some of them, obviously, he's known for years. And then they'll walk him right in and he'll, he's actually speaking at 10 o'clock. So he'll go, he'll go to the podium and he'll give his speech at 10 o'clock. Finish and then there's um, some sort of affair afterwards where he'll meet, do a meet and greet with some of the lawmakers from all over the world who are there.
8: Well, right. so, so he's planning on meeting with uh, Bibi Netanyahu from Israel. Again, right. he's planning on meeting the Brazilian
9: president. That's right.
8: Those take place right there inside the UN. Where does that happen? You know, sometimes you go to like uh, Campagnola.
9: Well, <laughs> yes, sometimes they do. It Depends. If they'll go back to the mission, the Israeli mission or the Brazilian mission. It's not. I don't know where those actual meetings are going to take place. But he's actually also meeting because some of these uh, main member countries are not showing up this year. He's going to try to make some inroads with some of these countries that have alliances with China and with Russia. So he'll meet with the leaders of Uzbekistan and some other countries that you probably don't even know where they are in the map. But uh, he's that's going to be part of what happens over the next day or so. And the go-
14: people of Maui.
9: <laughs> yeah. Does he go home tonight? Is it he, Does he spend the night in the you city? Know, and... I have to look at his schedule. I'm not positive. I think he's here one more day. One but... more day.
8: But he's done with the U.N. after
9: today. Uh, yeah, then he goes back and he, has, uh, he hosts uh, Zelensky at the White House on Thursday.
8: Oh, that's on Thursday.
9: So in between today when
8: he speaks at the Assembly and Thursday when he meets with his buddy Zelensky, whose country continues to pay his family a ton of money, There's one day in between, that's tomorrow, that's Wednesday, what a perfect day to meet with Mayor Eric Adams and try to figure out this illegals crisis. Yeah, good luck. Well, why not? I mean, all I hear Eric do is complain about the federal government, the
9: national government. I need money. I need help. The head of that thing is here now. Well, what we had heard relatively recently from City Hall was that the president and the mayor hadn't spoken in months. Months. Yeah. Right. Okay,
8: so isn't this the perfect opportunity? Unless is there a rift? Is that why they're not talking? Uh, does the president uh, is he upset because Adams I guess has been somewhat critical of the Fed government? He's never once mentioned Joe Biden's name, not in, not in a bad fashion. He's referred to himself as a Biden of Brooklyn. That's very complimentary. So he's never referred to him in a bad fashion. But is the president upset? Do you know? Don't know.
9: Don't know the answer to
8: that. Well, question. why? So, so well, but 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 if Adams has to put the city first, no. Of course.
9: Well, he's got to meet with the president tomorrow. Well, I'm looking at his schedule
6: today. It's like minute by minute. It's packed. Well, he's packed today, fine. He's got one busy day his whole life. No, I'm just telling that they're going to meet. So he stops, you know. Why can't they just meet tomorrow?
9: What's his schedule for tomorrow? Uh, that's what I'm looking for. They have, doesn't look like they've posted his schedule for tomorrow. You're, I have all day
5: today. You're but... talking like he's, he knows where he's doing. you Why am I? i like he's aware. Yeah, yeah.
9: <laughs> like he's his press secretary.
8: Think, now, look, where I are you t-
9: getting this information on today's schedule from? Well, you know, I have uh, my sources. No, they, they posted. You can go online and see. The, like they're hosting a reception tonight at the Metropolitan Museum for International Leaders. Talks he's taking part in all these meetings all morning long into the afternoon. Wow, he's having a dinner tonight at the Met. Yeah.
5: You could stick him anywhere. doesn't matter where you're putting him. Why You could put anybody in front of him in a room. Yeah. Hey, this is, uh, this is Mayor Adams. Oh, yeah. And let him just start mumbling. Mayor uh, Adams I've appreciated uh, a lot of, hey, these lights are nice. In here. doesn't know where he is. It's not going to happen. Are you kidding? Yeah. Come on. He doesn't know what restaurant he's going to be in. He doesn't know what hotel he's at. He doesn't he, he, know. You
8: think he's at impact? Yes,
5: of course he is. So are you, you one, uh, so
8: are you one of these people I talked about earlier that doesn't place a lot of blame no, of on I Biden? Do.
5: Of course I do. Well, which one is it? Is it, he? Why can't it be both?
8: Well, I think it is both, yes. To your point.
5: How four years or three years ago you could have looked at him and voted for the guy. He looked. He was stumbling around then. He's not fit to be in office.
8: That's it. He doesn't know. We, I
5: bet he doesn't know what city he's in right no, now. No, come on. No, stop it.
8: Okay. Stop it. Okay. But it would be great if he starts it off at 10 o'clock, standing on stage and saying, hello, Let people. Me tell of you folks, hello. It is great to be in Cleveland today. <laughs> You're
11: laughing. <laughs>
0: Is Sid and Friends in the morning.
1: Seventy seven WABC. This is a ransom payment of about six billion dollars. And while we're all happy when anybody who's in a place like Evan Prison gets home to their families, no one can have any feeling but joy. Think about the next person that'll be taken, right? The incentive system is now put in place.
8: Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Fox News yesterday. And it's been described more than once on my number one New York City program today as a glorified ransom payment, which is exactly what Pompeo said. It's one thing if you swap five Americans for five Iranians, it's still Ryan and Fagosi, but fine. When you throw in six billion dollars, To a country that wakes up every day looking for new ways to destroy Israel and the United States doesn't seem to make a heck of a lot of sense. So one of the guys that I watch on TV whenever I can, I love this guy, he's been on the show before, but not often. So when he's on, it's a big deal, is General Jack Keene. And on this somewhat historic day, he's on this morning. General Keene, how are you, pal? I'm doing well. And yourself? i'm doing great Uh, nice to have you back on the program you heard mike there describe this basically as a ransom payment and really what it does is it incentivizes other enemies to grab americans because who knows how many billions can come that way is that is it really that simple is he right
12: yeah he's absolutely right this is a windfall of six billion dollars and The administration is trying to make the distinction that they're going to be able to control the distribution of these funds, and it's only going to go for humanitarian aid and economic assistance. Well, let's say that that's actually true. Well, that still provides $6 billion of relief for them that they can spend on foreign policy, national security, and their malign behavior. However, listen, we've got 43 years of experience with this regime. They started in the 1980s. They blew up our embassies. They blew up our barracks. They started a hostage-taking program that killed our CIA station chief and nearly brought down an administration because we were trading anti-tank weapons for hostages. With the Reagan administration, they came clean about what was doing, and they got a pass on it. But what we identified is that this has been a malign regime for 43 years, and we can't trust them no matter what they say. And that's just the reality of it. They're going to take the money, and it's going to help them continue their aggressive behavior in the Middle East. And they have a single stated objective every single year. And they make this pronouncement every year. Our strategic objective is to dominate and control the Middle East, to control the Persian Gulf flow of oil, to drive the United States out of the Middle East, and to destroy the state of Israel. And some people, I guess, may in our audience roll their eyes at that. But I take them at their word. I believe they're dead serious about all that I just said. And and making money off of hostages, as you call it, and, and Mike Pompeo calls it ransom, is part of their strategy. And absolutely, as much as we want the hostages to come home, and who isn't gratified with joy watching them be reunited with friends, family, and loved ones as they're coming down that gangplank. But, my God. I mean, within the next two or three months, they're going to grab somebody else. Yeah, and why? Because yeah. it, it's in their interest to do so. That's what we're facing, yeah. and we're not tough enough on them. I mean, we should slam them hard for what they do, <laughs> and, and and go after not just at, at Maginot. We, we should go after the entire regime and double down on sanctions and be very very tough on them. And we're just We're not doing all of that. No,
8: we're the exact, we're the exact opposite. Let's not forget that this president about to speak at the UN in about an hour was part of the administration with uh, Obama, who I couldn't stand, and John Kerry, who's the biggest phony in America today. Those two bastards, uh, General Jack, put together the Iran deal, which I know for a fact, because I've got friends in Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, and Germany, that Iran never, ever complied with, not from day one. They continued to collect nuclear stuff to make sure they can make their bombs. And now you get Biden in charge And now he's talking about getting that deal going again and giving them $6 billion. What is it about the Obama-slash-Biden administration where they actually placed their allegiances to Iran before America? Explain that to me.
12: Yeah. Going back to the Obama administration, I know this for a fact. After he was elected and prior to him actually assuming office, his national security team conceptualized that President Obama's greatest foreign policy achievement could be similar to Nixon who reached out to China by reaching out to Iran and settling the deal with them and ending the strife of the Middle East. And, that, and during that period of time, before he became president took the oath, he wrote a leader, he wrote a letter to the Supreme Leader trying to lay out a plan for them to come together. So it's no surprise that they reached out with the so-called nuclear deal, which was an abomination, as we all know, because it guaranteed the Iranians to have a nuclear weapon with no restrictions uh, when the the sunset clauses were over. And President Biden came in, and within 30 days of his administration, he reached out to Iran to restart the deal. At the same time, he stiffened the Arabs in the region and pushing back on the Israelis, particularly after— Prime Minister Netanyahu comes back into power. So what is that picture? Appeasing the Iranians, stiffing the Arabs, and pushing back on the Israelis when we should be bringing the Israelis and the Arabs together in a coalition against Iran. The strategy dealing with Iran in the Middle East has been wrong through both of those administrations, and they put us in jeopardy by these policy mistakes and malfeasance.
8: You know, i got a personal story for you. I, I've got a friend, uh, General Jack. Her name is Shirley Sotloff, okay? She's a nice old Jewish lady that lives down in South Florida. And her son, Stephen, who was a nice kid, Miami Heat man, he was a writer, he was one of the two guys that was beheaded by Jihadi John. The other, of course, was the journalist Foley. And she said to me, me and my husband, Arnie, We begged and pleaded with Barack Obama. They wanted a ransom. My husband would give them whatever they want. If they wanted 10000000 million, we'd find it. We just wanted our Stephen home. And you know what she got instead? A video of his son's head being severed by the man standing behind him. So my question to you is very simple. How do these bastards make up their minds who to bring home and not?
12: Yeah, but that is absolutely shameful, disgraceful behavior. I don't know how you can face the family of the American people participating in something in something like that. That's an absolute disgrace. No, our policy here is just dead wrong, and that's, that's the reality of it. And we're not nearly tough enough on this regime. The other thing, when they came into power and, and started the appeasing the, the Iranians by reaching out to them on a nuclear deal, They never told the American people they began to ease up on the Trump sanctions because they wanted to convince the Iranians that they were sincere about working uh, with them. Meanwhile, we know that what this behavior is. It's not the Arabs who have destabilized the Middle East. It's not the Israelis who have destabilized the Middle East. It's the Iranians and the radical Islamists. And that is who we should be organized against. We have had it wrong. It's dead wrong right now as we speak.
8: General Jack, I had Gordon Chang on a couple of hours ago when I just read today that uh, they spotted as many as 150. That's a lot of planes, Chinese planes, over Taiwan. And we keep hearing the two easy ways to get to World War III, Putin goes into Poland, and the more likely scenario, China goes into Taiwan, something that we never heard once even flirted with when my friend Donald Trump was president. So with 150 planes over Taiwan, what are the odds you think that China does do it? And does that really mean? Does that really mean World War Three?
12: Well, I think the most dangerous scenario is certainly that President Xi does what he's threatened to do and that is take Taiwan by force, and that means an invasion. I think the most likely scenario for him, because he's had success in the region and he hasn't fired a shot, I think the likely thing is he would expand what you're just describing, that he would use an air blockade and a maritime blockade to take control of Taiwan without firing a shot and doing it, and then forcing the Taiwanese, and the Americans to do something about it. I think that is much more likely, and obviously that could lead uh, to armed conflict. The seriousness of this is not just not the threat of war. It's the fact that our military capability, because of 9-11, has eroded in the region. The United States is the world's number one military superpower, capable of projecting power all over the world to the 380-plus bases we have. But when we get within 1,500 miles of mainland China, the advantage militarily switches to China because they outgun us and outman us. They've got more offensive missiles, better, more defensive missiles, better, and more ships and airplanes than we have. And that's the harsh reality of it. And we've got to move with a sense of urgency to fix this, and the administration isn't doing nearly enough. fix the military erosion that i'm speaking very frankly about
8: the military erosion uh, general jack and also maybe the media makes too much of this my side of the media i should say and that's why you're great great to talk to this morning and that is this woke army you know keep hearing oh the army is too woke they're more concerned about sexual preferences and gender and that's weakened our army as well any truth to that
12: i'm very close to the military listen That is an exaggerated issue. We've always had equal opportunity classes since I was a pup, a second lieutenant. And uh, those things are are very few and far between. What our troops are doing is they're sailing ships, they're flying airplanes. I'm an infantry paratrooper, ranger all my life. They're jumping out of airplanes. They're doing tough, meaningful training. We got record high, 50-year high retention in our services. Why is that? Because they feel good about what they're doing. That, and it has meaning and purpose to the life. We've got a recruiting problem, but that's a different issue. The wokeness is seriously exaggerated, in my view, for political reasons.
8: But last one, and again, what a great conversation, General Jack. Thank you so much. Uh, Joe Biden is set to speak in about an hour. He's going to spend a lengthy amount of time talking about Ukraine-Russia. He's set to meet with Zelensky on Thursday at the White House. Uh, I, for one, I think that uh, we should have uh, said goodbye a while ago. I think we give these people way too much money. I can't figure it out. Uh, I'm not a service guy. Maybe I'm, I'm ignorant. Maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. But I just don't get what the hell Biden, this country, is doing in this war. So you tell me, is Biden doing the right thing, keep writing checks? What should we do on this Ukraine-Russia conflict?
12: The war in Ukraine matters rather significantly. Putin has told us time and time again that he really wants to pull into the Russian Federation all the Euro- Eastern European countries, most of whom are all, a part of NATO now, with the exception of Ukraine. Well, let me stop you for one second.
8: I, I know what Putin has said, but you being a decorated soldier, you have to be very unimpressed. What he says and what he does are two two separate things. This has been a, a horrendous effort. Putin's embarrassed himself these last 20 months, has he not?
12: No, but his, he's not changing his aspirational goals. And you can see that, how he's sticking to it. I mean, yes, is his combat performance then pretty amazing to me in terms of the lack of uh, lack of performance he, the troops are poorly trained poorly led and not as well equipped as we expect them to be but nonetheless he's got he outnumbers and outguns the ukrainians and he'll take a protracted war because he believes politically the europeans and the united states will eventually take a knee and stop supporting the ukrainians we got to look at the bigger picture. If if Putin wins in Ukraine, China wins. And she will see that as an incentive, you know, that the United States and like-minded countries under pressure, and particularly with the threat of a protracted war, it will take a knee. And I, I, I think that is absolutely the wrong policy. we got to stick with this thing. Look what we've got for it. We've destroyed half of Putin's combat forces. Ukraine now has 83% of their country, so 17% are still in Russian control. The Ukrainians would like us to continue to support them so they can liberate the rest of their people, and I think we should continue to do that. My criticism of this administration is they haven't given them everything they needed when they needed it. It's always half measures. Now we're talking about finally giving them F-16s that they asked for last year, finally giving them our longest-range uh, missile that we have in the army called the Army Tactical M- Missile System, ATACMS. They asked for that last year, and we're finally thinking about giving it to them. Uh, I sit in, in, in meetings at times that I'm invited to, for some of these discussions in the Pentagon, even though I'm outside the military. And I and I've been arguing we should be all in. If you want to end the war sooner, give the Ukrainians everything that they need so they can bring this thing to an end on favorable terms and drive the Russians out once and for all. You keep giving half measures like this, the strategy seems to be that you don't want the Ukrainians to lose, but you don't want them to win either. And that's kind of where we are, and that's my criticism of them.
8: Well, it seems kind of obvious. Why don't you think Millie or uh, Biden or I uh, forget the other gentleman's name, Lloyd Austin? Why why do you think they can't figure that out? I mean, you're not the first person to tell me this. You're like the hundredth. Why can't they figure that out? What seems to be the problem?
12: Well, the fact the fact is it's the White House is who's controlling the real stat. There's a number of senior people in the administration who have made recommendations to give the Ukrainians everything they want to include, interestingly enough, the secretary of state the Secretary of Defense, and also the Chairman. But the policymakers in the White House have always been spooked by the fact if we give them too much advanced weapons, that Putin could escalate and Putin has been waving around the threat of a tactical nuclear weapon you know, from the outset. And many in the administration have bought into that. I think unnecessarily, it doesn't make any sense that he would do that, because that would bring the United States and NATO into the war. Then he loses everything. <laughs> So I think that's some of the background as to why this policy is what it is,
8: General Jack Keane, I can't thank you enough. What a fascinating, great conversation! You're brilliant. You're great. I love you on TV. Love you even more here. Thank you for joining me this morning and stay well, buddy. Thank you so much.
12: Yeah, well, it's great talking to your audience as always. Thank, uh, you, very thank much. you,
8: Jack. Thank you. Thank you. I got to rethink my stance. I think on this whole Ukraine uh, Russia thing. I don't know. Got Jack Keane, Bill O'Reilly, Gordon Chang, Peter King, all much smarter than me, telling me we're doing the right thing. So I think I may have to change my stance.
5: Well, if you've watched 60 Minutes, too, you could see. I would see. never watch that. Oh, <laughs> right. Well,
8: okay. I I'd missed. rather be boiled in urine. <laughs>
5: <laughs> can, you, can you boil <laughs> her? Does that work? Does that well, I don't
8: play? know, but no, uh, no but you know, I'm sure they 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 say the same thing, right?
5: Well, they they're, they're not they're not making up the images of how.
8: No, no, of course looks. not. Right, I
5: mean, right, right. It's, it's...
8: I got to rethink this thing. When is Peter King coming back on? Uh Tomorrow? Well, we'll rethink it Thursday then, because I don't want to <laughs> give him credit. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, no.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC.
8: So there's a collection of about 50 people outside my window here on 49th and 3rd. And once again, 49th Street is closed. Mostly women. Some fat people and stupid looking people, too. But they all got their phones out, their cameras ready. And I see one police car with the the lights moving. I see behind the one police car four cops on motorcycles. Then I see a black vehicle with the lights going. And then I see what looks like uh, a cruiser with the lights going. And Then I see two or three more cop vans, and that's all I can see from my vantage point, sitting here doing a radio show, but point being, it looks like this may be, maybe, I don't know, but part of the cavalcade for this uh, idiotic president we have. They're moving. So they're coming they're, by? I, I think they're sitting they're standing. They're sitting here.
5: Well they sit for they sit for a couple of minutes right. until they get the word and then right. they start moving.
8: But why would you be standing in the street?
5: They're not allowed to.
8: Oh, you're just not allowed to move. The, no, no
5: they, the, the, all the blocks will be closed now. No one can move off a block.
8: But these people look these like they're there to blocks, see him. Like, it's, it's like like their phones are out. They don't look like they're there like, trying to get to work and trying to get somewhere. Oh, of course
5: not. They can't now.
8: But it looks like they're
9: congregating for, for the to see the car go
8: by. Right. That's what's no, going no, on. No, do you see that? Is that...
9: Does it look like yeah. what I'm saying? Well, there's action that sure looks like the president is going to come oh, by any second wow. now because there's, they've closed off 49th Street and all the corners. People are standing there they are not allowing You're them not to any, move at yeah. all. So uh,
8: by the, by the amount of cars and motorcycles and people on the street, I've surmised that the president, uh, I mean, it's possible he's not even, he's already there. Well, do we don't.
9: Well, this could be a decoy. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, it could be another world leader. It may not be the president. Maybe it's, you know, Bibi Netanyahu. I asked the Secret Service guy this morning. He was out smoking a cigarette in front of the building. I said, is Bibi on this block? And he, he told me he didn't know, he but no, I'm sure he did. You. He probably doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> What's he going to tell you? Well, okay. I don't know. I figured he'd tell me. I look like an yeah, honest guy. Okay. Yeah. Sure. okay,
5: no, just don't tell anybody yeah, else. Just because yeah, yeah. my last name is yeah. hey, Laden. <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm mean, a
8: big big, big, big big fan of the Gnome with the News Hour. Our friend Colleen Smith <laughs> checks in out there in Nassau County. Nome she says, ben great <laughs> song as always. You're so good with the music. Have the best day. Great show,
9: Colleen. Oh, She liked that song. All right, so okay. uh, we're oh, going look- to surprise. by the way. Uh, what's that? He's coming any second. They just, is, yeah, they just They just brought in a whole new barrage of motorcycles.
6: Who cares? God. Yeah, it does. What do you know who cares? What? Look at the amount of people standing in the street. Like yeah, no. What, probably, are they get, what are they going to get? Like, like tinted windows. Is. He's not going to roll down the window and wave. But the, didn't he do that last he, year? He, to Bernard, he did it. Yeah, him. like two years ago, two yeah. Bernard. He, he gave the thumbs
8: the up to Bernard. <laughs> oh, said, my God. He please. didn't do it to Bernard, but, it but Bernard saw him. him.
9: I think he was holding a Bernie and Sid sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, because <laughs> Bernie made mention he was shocked the window
8: was, was open, and he saw Biden. He made that mention two years ago, God rest
5: his soul. Maybe they're driving by ground zero so he could finally see what right. it actually looks right. like. <laughs> right.
8: And you can say I was there on oh. 9-11. Oh, uh, I'm
6: no, no,
5: no, close.
6: i back well, again. That's a deep
8: hole. 9 that's a deep hole. Hello, Hello. Deep hole.
5: <laughs> Hello people of Idaho.
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we got one more break. Let's do it now. Come back and uh, finish up. We'll give you one last kind of look. If you're not in the city, we're providing the play-by-play of bike on his way to the U.N. As only we can do it. You're looking live at a sold-out 49th Street. Fight on the way to the U.N. And we'll be back right after this. Another great song, Lou Rufino, the man. So bunch of motorcycles and cars move, but now we see a ton of motorcycles halfway down the block. Nothing towards a light here on 49th and 3rd, but a ton of motorcycles. That's all I've got for you. Biden set to speak in about 30 minutes. He may be in this long line of cars, he may not, but it'll be at the U1 coming up in about thirty minutes, and I'm sure all day long, all the shows. We'll update you on exactly what the president said. We will all be back again tomorrow with another great edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning. Great job by my cast today, Lou Rubino, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden. Spectacular job, Noam. And, of course, Gene, my guy Gene, for yeah. dropping up my cell phone in the 7 a.m. hour. Thank you, Gene. Thank God. And as Gene would say, God willing, we'll all be back again at 6 a.m. tomorrow. So until then, from all of us to all of you, peace! I may die, want you to
11: always love me, I may die, want you to always love me, I may die.